what's up, listener? Thanks for joining us. This is episode 113 of the Jock and Nerd podcast. Hang out with us as we geek out and have some fun conversations over some comic book, TV, movie news. We got some recommendations, some reviews, and just overall geeky nonsense. And for this edition of the Jock and Nerd podcast, it's Thursday, July 7th. Here's the theme music. It's the Jock and Nerd podcast. With your hosts, Anthony and Imran. Jockin' Nerd! What's up, friend? This is the Jockin' Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. And there you get the name of the show. Thanks for joining us. Joining us today, it's the return of our felty friend who was out last week with a last-minute sideline injury. Good earth to your rugs. How you doing? What's up, motherfuckers? Back, in, back baby. Back in action with, with a vengeance. So glad to have you here now. I told the listeners, uh, you know, you popped a stitch. You had a little incident. You were limp. How you feeling today? What happened? Well... You know, you kind of like told everybody, but you know, uh, you said I was a dog walker, which I don't really walk dogs. I just kind of open the door. Basically, the situation I have is I let the dogs out into a gated yard, right? Okay, you're the dog the keeper. Lady that, the lady that lets me use her basement so I can record? Yes. This is the same place. So sometimes you hear the dogs in the background. Thank you, lady. Thank you to that lady, first of all. Okay, so she doesn't want to be mentioned on air. No, that's fine. Thanks for that's letting fine. him record in your basement. Absolutely. <laughs> Anyway, so I'm doing my thing. I'm letting the dogs out. And then I realized the gate, the outside gate is open. And the dogs are going to get out. Uh -oh. So I sprang into action. Oh, no. I had to actually do something. <laughs> oh, then open the door and say, hey, get out or come in. That's basically all I could do. Right? Oh, no. So uh, I went to try and uh, stop the dogs from going in ahead. I gave chase. And then uh, something just felt wrong. My slack hole, it felt like the bottom dropped out of my slack hole. No. And uh, it felt like it felt like I was shitting for, but it wasn't shit. It was just like, like all of my shit was coming out, stuffing all over the place. Oh, my God. Rug boy, you suffered a prolapsed slack hole. Oh, shit. Yeah, that is uh, that that requires some kind of like it was, uh, it was surgery, a professional lapse. It was a real prolapse. <laughs> it was a pro. Yeah. It wasn't an amateur lapse. Yeah. Yeah, I this was, is, a, it was a good yeah, lapse. It was Olympic level prolapsing. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. Well, listen. So, uh, okay. How you feeling now? I tried to gather myself, but I really couldn't really do much. So uh, that was day of. Resting. Yeah, it was day of that show. And yeah. look, if you're a first time listener, uh, if you haven't checked out last week's show, basically on the Jock and Nerd Weekly, we geek out about comic book news. We give you some recommendations, some reviews, and just have a good time. Last week, we had our buddy John Bellotti. Thank you to Bellotti. filling in. Yes. Even though he was sick. He, he was, was like Jordan during the flu game. He, he was, came in and performed. Sick as <laughs> He was sick boy replacing rug boy, but Bilotti did a great job. He had a good time. Yeah. And luckily he was on hiatus from working on the set of the blacklist. It's the only way we got him because the man has to work early in the morning painting sets and whatnot. Uh, Rugs, you get any good medication? They give you any good uh, goofballs? Some cotton? I was listening to the John Bellotti show, and it was very. That's all I could do. I was just yeah. sit there and listen to the show. I listened to some old shows. <laughs> I was listening to everything. I couldn't get up. So uh, yeah, I was taking pills. I was popping Pez. 
I was taking Skittles, nerds, the whole thing. I was taking anything anybody would give me. Oh, my roll God. Up. Yeah. Oh, shit. Listen, the cure for that is you take some cotton balls and you dip them in liquid hydrocodone, and then you just shove them up the slag hole. You ain't going to feel nothing. You'll be riding high. Yeah, I would not so, be able to be on the show if I did that. Is that how you spent your fourth, just sitting around eating candy and meds? Yeah, pretty much. What about you, Imran? <laughs> Uh, you know what? My whole 4th of July weekend, we didn't, here's what happened, dude. I was sitting here in my apartment and it sounded on the third, it literally sounded like a war zone everywhere just for hours. Just boom, boom over here. I'm like, uh, I don't want to go outside right now. I don't know where these are coming from. I, uh, and so we just kind of hung tight. Jordan of the pies who was helping us out in the blab. You know, we talked last week. She shared some on Facebook, the amazing fireworks display that her dad does. Like mm. major, crazy, hardcore fireworks just in the middle of the field. And uh, everyone comes. How about you, Anthony? How was your fourth? I didn't do much uh, fireworks. Um, did a lot of going out and drinking and spent a little bit more money than I should. Checked out the, uh, I think I told you about this off air, Soho House, Chicago. It's like this exclusive, uh, rich place for creatives, which makes no fucking sense because creatives are usually poor as fuck. Yeah, this is a weird. How they exploit, yeah. uh, how they are able to afford a membership to this place. There's but. four people, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> no, Rugs, this is this like an exclusive high end club street. You got to be invited to be a member for creatives. And I'm like, I could, I'm a creative. I could never afford to be a member of that goddamn club. Like, can I ask? How yeah, two grand a year. Oh, fuck that. What oh, you, shit. And what do you get access to? Like, yeah, you, <laughs> I don't know what what like, every I, I don't I don't know the the exact there's like it's like a hotel and then there's like a workout facility there's like boardrooms there's like um you know if you want to close business there's a rooftop pool there's restaurants there's like fitness classes so it's, you get access to all that stuff but you I mean you got to pay two grand and it's yeah. I think it's like twenty eight hundred if you want to get access to the Soho houses around the world so like London New York Miami West Hollywood. Damn, man. What's it called? It's called Soho Club. I'll put a link. Soho House. Soho House in Chicago. If you guys it started wanna... in London. It was oh, okay. London yeah, yeah. Thing. Soho. And then there's Soho. It. If you're like looking for some hot, creative chicks that have their own money, then you might want to go there and maybe like, you know, be like, oh. That there, 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 there were the chicks that were there. There's one chick that had fucking pink hair when I was there. But the, here's the thing, listener, check out the show notes, jockanerd slash 113. If you are creative and can afford and become a member, ah, just hook us up. Give us a day pass. I want to check this place out. Your buddy, it's what, cool. what did he, your buddy do? He, uh, th- I thought that My was buddy cool. writes for the New York Post. That's his cool. name's Christian Golion. Right so on. check out his stuff on the New York Post. And he got, basically, uh, he was asked to write an article about Soho House and got a free stay and was able to let me in. And so he's writing about the place. I'll even try to put he's that He's writing like a review, yeah. In there I don't know when that article's going to come out, out. yeah. Craziness. I could never afford it. And we've come to the point in time where, like, hipster creatives dress like they're homeless and they make a lot of money and you can't tell who's a real artist and who is just, like, I don't know. That's pretty weird to me. Well, um, most of those weird. places, like, most of those clubs are, like, for like exclusively like rich people yeah so this is this is also in that line but it's different in that it's for creatives and like the the way they distinguish themselves is like rich people there's like a dress code in some of these places like you Whoa. always have to be kind of looking good and at the soho house you can fucking wear whatever you want they they, they refer to you by your first name instead of your last name so i, I, I don't know that's what you get for two grand a year it, it was a good time it was a good time i don't know i mean i can't i would i don't think i'm qualified to actually 
um, be a member there, but it was a good time. Sounds like the opposite of creative to me. I don't know. I may just be yeah, better. Yeah, it's an oxymoron, right? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Creatives are usually worse fuck. I'm starting a poor creative club. You could come stay in my spare room, and uh, I'll charge you just, uh, you know, just bring- I have that already. It's called Washington Square Park in New York. <laughs> That's true. You walk through there. Oh, shit. Well done. I miss Washington Square. All right, enough of the shenanigans, guys. We got a bunch of geek news I want to get to, and a bunch of other fun segments. Let's get it started. So I got to start, uh, we're going to start with paying our respects to yet another celebrity death that we didn't talk about. It happened in mid-June. Uh, young actor at 27, Anton Yelchin, who you may know from Star Trek, played Chekhov in Star Trek. He played Kyle Reese in Terminator Salvation. Uh, tragically killed at 27. Now, Anthony, I thought it was interesting when I told you this, and you were like, you just assumed it was drugs, didn't you? Yes, I'm sorry, Anton Yelchin and any of his fans. Well, he's dead now, but I'm sorry for assuming that he's just a drug addict and a typical actor that died. But look, that. I get you. We're jaded. You hear a young actor dies at 27. What do you think of? You think of your River Phoenix, your Jim Morrison. You jump right to, you know, drug overdose. Well, that, I mean, he's in, what, he's, he's 27? I think it was 27. Right? Yeah. There's, I mean, there's, there's the 27 the, club. Yeah, the music industry, there's a 27 club. So, but Anton Yelchin was not a, a, a drug abuser, and he was an amazing actor, and the, the instance of his death gets even crazier than uh, fiction. Basically, his death was caused by a faulty Jeep gear shifter, uh, and the Jeep company has n- known this issue. There's been 200 incidents. Uh, the issue being they have a weird gear shifter that you, you click to shift gears, and then it pops back to a neutral position. So the problem is you don't know what gear it's in because it always goes back to neutral. You're not sure if you put it in park. Uh, Poor Anton Yelchin thought he had parked his car. The car slips, rolls down his driveway, and pins him to a wall and kills him. This pisses me off a lot. This is fucking The the car companies are fucking bullshit. Oh, dude, they're they're, they're, uh, they're disgusting. You know, I've had experiences with car companies that no one and shit is wrong with the car. And because, for whatever reason, they choose not to fix things. Or even tell people. Like, this was, yes. a, this was a notice on more than a million affected vehicles in April. They didn't really do anything. There was no sense of urgency on Chrysler's part. Uh, they didn't explain, like, the video. They called it, like, a video. It's like a video game joystick that returns to center. So you don't know what gear it's in. I also have experienced this with my Honda Element. I may have shared this on the show before. The driver's side airbag, they sent me a thing saying, the thing that makes it go explode has gotten old in your car, and if it goes off, it could kill you. Please take it to the Honda dealer at recall. And I did that, and I got another one this week saying, oh, by the way, the passenger side airbag, same thing. It could kill the passenger. Uh, you're going to have to take it and get a recall. But this Is uh, that why you put me? You volunteered to drive me to the comics book store, and you I, were like driving like a man? That's absolutely right. Oh, shit. I was like, yeah, you said to get it to deploy. I was like, Anthony, don't, don't even worry about the the, the seatbelt. It's fine. I'm cool. Yeah. Look, here we go. I, I, I know the a guy that's a mechanic, right? And he yeah. told me this. He worked. Uh, he works for a, a big car company, and he told me this that um, there are tons of problems that they know they know of. Yes, that they have not recalled. Yeah, and some of them because everything has to throw up a code. 
All right. If it doesn't throw up a code, they don't fix it. Right. An error code, diagnostics, everything is computers. And like you could be driving around in a car. It doesn't work. The, the brakes don't work or whatever, because they never threw up a code and they'll just set, send you right out into the world in a dangerous car. That's messed up, dude. So well, because they have to recall and they have to pay for all that. It's shit. a lot of money and it's bad PR. It looks really bad. Who wants to You sell a product and now you got to tell a million people, ah, your product's faulty. Sorry, it may kill you. Hopefully this was the first death caused by this uh, Jeep gear shifter thing. And maybe now people, <laughs> they'll pay more attention to these recalls. Well, but I feel bad that Anthony Alton yeah, died. Yeah, it sucks, he man. He was cool great. I liked I like that movie where he was the uh, the, the high school uh, drug dealer, Charlie Bartlett. That was a good movie. Oh, Charlie. And here's the thing. He's going to be in the Star Trek Beyond, and there's uh, four other movies that are completed in post-production because this guy, he was a young guy. He was making a lot of movies. So you will see him uh, coming out 2016, 2017, a lot of anti movies. He was uh, – I remember when he got cast for uh, Terminator, he was like a guy to watch. He, I mean, the movie is horrible, but he was good at it. No, he's yeah, he was good. I'm saying, yeah. yeah, I'm saying he's, he was uh, up and coming when I first got to know Definitely him. Definitely up and comer. Yeah. Greatest checkoff, dude. Nailed that role. Like, that cast is great. And, uh, you know, they're, it's sad that they lost him and that they had really good chemistry. So, rest in peace, Anthony Elton. All right. Let's go on to some happy stuff. Well, not really happy, but not as <laughs> not not as sad. <laughs> but, Jesus, 2016, can you take a break? Uh, fucking death? What the fuck? Why, who else? Uh, what do you mean, who else? Every other show Prince? where, like, Muhammad Ali and Prince, oh, yeah. and uh, it, it goes on and on. Uh, you get desensitized to it. You kind of do. Like, it's oh, really another weird. Guy. Another famous guy. Whatever Anthony says. Well, let's, <laughs> let's talk about uh, DC movies until the next celebrity death. Uh, uh, case in point, there's been a rumor from these guys, the site, the East Coast movie guys. They've been uh, getting a bunch of scoops lady, lately. And, and ladies. And ladies. They're getting some ladies because they're the movie guys. So it's rumored that these guys caught Jared Leto flying in and out of London. 24-hour trip. Real quick. All on the fly. Possibly to film his cameo. Injustice League, which geek boner. Uh, I I didn't think uh, there would be a Joker cameo in Justice League. I like that they're tying it together, but uh, for a twenty four hour shoot, it can't be it can't be much that he got to shoot. So, absolutely not. I mean, it's probably, probably a, scene. a minute, yeah. one minute of <laughs> if film. it's even used. So, also uh, continuing with Justice League news, there's a bunch of rumored casting. Some guys I didn't know. This one thing was interesting. There's uh, uh, they've learned this Welsh actor Julian Lewis Jones has joined the cast of Justice League. We don't know who, but he mentioned that they're filming in Iceland, which that's kind of cool because uh, Zack Snyder films a lot of green screen shit. Like even sometimes when he doesn't have to. Hey, look who it is, David Mobile. Check it in. How you doing? Uh, oh, there's our friend. <laughs> there's our buddy, David Mobile. Ironic. Hey, David, how's that uh, McDonald's sponsorship working out? Uh, have your people talk to my people. Uh, so he is. Uh, he's he's not allowed to say what party is yet. They're filming in Iceland. I'm saying I like that because Snyder he loves the green screen, which is fine. It's a thing. You film a movie in the green screen. You use the tools you have. But he said this. He's like, I'm not allowed to say what part I play, but let's just say I have a role in what will likely be the most expensive film ever made. Uh, so he's already, Whoa. he's calling, I mean, it's just a guy, but he's calling this the most expensive film ever made, um, which begs the question, could this be the most expensive movie ever made? I can easily see this becoming... 
Yeah, it could be. I mean, you've got what? I don't know what the cast is going to be. Six? It looks like six characters, maybe seven. Yeah, They're BBS all... costs a shitload of money. Yeah, and it's all larger than life characters. Of course, it's going to. And knowing Zack Snyder, especially well, if he's filming on a location that's expensive. Yeah, and sure enough, and uh, all their powers. I mean, all the CGI he's going to have to do is is pretty expensive. And then in those reports, we did mention like how there's 3,000 extras and 200 uh, fucking speaking parts in Justice League. Uh, it sounds massive and crazy. Mr. Antihero, our buddy, posted this uh, just today on our Facebook page. Got to thank him for that. This guy. The community, ma- not the page. Uh, oh, sorry. The Facebook group, which you can find at jockandnerd.com slash community, uh, where our conversations get started and they continue around the podcast. It's lots of fun. But a fan had cut this epic Justice League fan-made trailer. Uh, and it's not bad. Pretty much using clips from both movies. There's even a little Green Lantern in there uh, thrown so in. And uh, the lo- he little does bit of injustice too. Little bit of injustice video game with the Flash. Uh, it it it's there's no dialogue, but uh, all in all, it's not bad. Like if it's because there's no dialogue, there's no writing, shitty writing by David Goyer. It's just the visuals and like Snyder's visuals are really good. Uh, I like I like what he did here, and uh, it gets you a little bit excited for what we can look forward to. It even made a Justice League logo in After Effects and shit at the end. It's kind of cool. I think that's the logo that they're using. Yeah, but like he 3D'd it. Oh, and like, yeah, right, yeah right. I think he just took the flat, but he did a good job with the After Effects. Yeah. So I think that's, I mean, that's as best you can do with the limited footage you had. I thought it was good. Um, it's just tough to do a trailer when you're using footage. You're basically making up footage for more than half the cast. Right, yeah. It's not even yeah. so much a trailer as like just, here's something fun. Yeah, I put this over some music and I edited it decently. Yeah, you get to see all the... uh, And there's the Injustice flash bit. So uh, I thought that was good. Like, So when I saw the Green Lantern, this is what my question was. Who is the seventh member in this Justice League? There's only six of these dudes. Will they... Do you think they'll introduce... Is that a rumor that they're going to do a seven? I don't know, but Justice League traditionally... I guess it can be anywhere from six to eight to uh, people or ten people or a whole Magnificent Seven. But there was that whole Unite the Seven, Magnificent Seven. They had posters that said – I remember that. But the United Seven also could be referring to the oceans and Aquaman. There's just all these things about Seven. So I'm wondering if they will introduce – a seventh member and who will that be? Green Lantern? Will it be Marshall Yeah, I thought I read a rumor that Green Lantern might – debut it towards the end of the film oh really that would be cool i I don't know if that's a legit rumor or not i I don't remember that was a while ago when i read that i'd be okay with that where you just or i'm I'm making that up i don't know look let's have them tease the seventh member at the end of the it would uh, make sense i mean if you look at the comics they did that was that was the seventh guy they're using basically everyone that they used in the reboot from like new 52 yeah, and you know they basically just ignore like they've they replaced Martian Manhunter with Cyborg basically. Oh yeah, that's right. So it's gonna be Cyborg a was a Teen Titans guy. Yeah, Rugs, does yeah. this to get you excited for Justice League at all? But this trailer that I was watching just now, and yeah. that's why I wasn't talking. Yeah, um, yeah, it looks pretty cool. I mean, for a fan made thing, it, I mean, look the um, all of the hype and speculation behind this. It's interesting who they're gonna who they're going to use, that they're not using some people, they're not using the Martian Manhunter, they don't have Green Lantern in there yet. But, you know, things can grow. If, if this movie does well, you know, they'll eventually get everybody in there. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. Uh, and uh, f- uh, final piece of DC movie news, the uh, we talked about the Killing Joke, the animated theatrical version 
It's coming out soon. It's going to premiere at San Diego Comic-Con later this month. And then it was going to have a theatrical release. Well, I guess people really want to see this movie. They sold out of all their major markets, and they've added 300 theater locations. For, see, I told you. And, and like, Delhauer is not going to see it. Daniel Nosker posted oh, it's it over, Facebook over a thousand U.S. cinemas. Is it yeah. all on the same night only? One yes, night only it's, thing? It's, here's the deal. Monday, July Love 25th, that. 2016, 7.30 p.m., 10 p.m. local showings only. And it's actually now it's at the theater where I usually go to watch movies. It's showing there, too. Uh, on uh, down here on Western and Fullerton and Village Crossing uh, in the in the suburbs. So that I like the the demand for this and the support and the excitement. I almost kind of want to go see it in the theater. It's like an event thing. Why not? Do it. FathomEvents.com listener, uh, find out if it's playing near you. Yeah. Uh, moving on to some Marvel news in the MCU. Marvel uh, announced that they are unveiling a 13 foot tall statue. Of Captain America um, to celebrate his 75th year anniversary. So they're going to unveil this at San Diego Comic-Con first. And then it's going to be shipped to Steve Rogers' hometown of where else, of course, Brooklyn. Geek boner. Oh, yeah. For a dedication ceremony August 10th. Brooklyn is getting an awesome Captain America statue. Uh, And they have a sketch here. Jordan's got it up in the window. And it's basically like him on a pedestal. He's holding the shield up. And uh, it's got the quote, I'm just a kid from Brooklyn, uh, established 1941. Uh, you know, what do you guys think of these fictional statues? There's this one. Uh, he joins the statue of Superman in Metropolis, Illinois, where they got a Superman museum. Uh, there's a Robocop statue in Detroit. There was a Rocky no statue in Philadelphia. There still is Rocky, yeah. Is this I, weird to you guys? I think, it, I think it's kind of weird. Right? I think I it's kind of weird. Like... I, I feel like that um, Rocky put Philadelphia on the map. People go to those stairs because of Rocky. That's People great, but that a real fucking boxer named Joe Frazier put Philadelphia on the map before Rocky did. And I understand, but he those get stairs, where, where the statue is or, or whatever – people go to Philly to do that now. They are iconic. So it's, it's, it's in the fabric of you know the, the pop culture now. So you can't deny it. And it's fun. I mean, if you go to Japan, they got the Godzilla statues everywhere. (laughs) David Bowie says it adds culture. I mean, it does. If you know, it, it stands for what it stands for is cool. And as a geek, yes, this is, I love this. That's great. You go to central park and they have uh, Alice in Wonderland. People love that shit too. Yeah. That's another uh, fictional statue. I just feel like, uh, I feel like it's weird. Go ahead. Imran. This should be, this is great, but how about we get more statues of like some more contemporary heroes who actually were real people and were heroes. Uh, Right. Anthony. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't have a problem with it per se, I understand, like it's art. You can also classify it as art in, like, you know, statues in in Europe, or there's statues of probably uh, Greek gods or whatever. And yeah, that, that's yeah. Fine. But but people worship those and actually thought it was real. Right. Um. Maybe they are real. Who knows? Uh. I don't know. It's weird to honor. It's like honoring something that never really happened. Like you're honoring. Well, yeah, we honor the Bible and shit too. So yeah. come on. <laughs> They're all just stories. I just the Rocky one to me uh, is like the weirdest one because I'm like the Rocky one to me is super weird. That's the worst that one's one. Really weird. You got a white Italian fictional boxer when you had an amazing black boxer Joe Frazier come out of the same city. 
ah, uh, not a statue in sight. Well, uh, you also well, had like the whole controversy of like Rocky. He stole that story from a real life guy. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. That's not actually the Rocky story was based off of. Oh, I didn't know. Guy. I did not yeah. know that. Again, he a guy that fought Muhammad Ali. I'll look him up. Wow, really? Wait. See, I was impressed yeah. that Stallone came up with that, like wrote that shit on his own. That's, that's inspired not a real, but by. There's a difference between Joe Frazier and Rocky. Yeah. Okay. Joe Frazier's a real guy. Yeah. And his time came and passed. All right. He was good for a while and someone beat him and he never became champ again. Sure. In the world of fiction, Rocky is always a winner. All right. He always triumphs in some way. So in that way, he's everlastingly a hero. Whereas we saw the demise of Joe Frazier at the end of his career. And we saw like, you know, him going the downward spiral and everything. So it's kind of like a little bit more, even though it's fictional, it still has an optimism to it. And you can't really deny it. At the, That's a know? good point. It's a little bit cleaner in terms of a hope and heroism and what it's standing for. The guy, the guy, it's more of a, a symbol than a it's real, a it's not about a real yeah. thing. It's a symbol. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The guy that I, uh, was, that it was based off of the, was Chuck Wepner. Chuck he Wepner. Fought Muhammad, he fought Muhammad Ali and like lasted almost the entire fight with him. 15 and, like, rounds. Jesus. Yeah. He even knocked down Muhammad Ali. The, and then Ro- Silver Sloan like saw the fight and then wrote the script for Rocky after and then denied that Chuck Wepner had anything to do oh, with it. They, or they like reach a settlement later on. Oh, but I, I, I agree with both points. I can also agree with Rug Boy. Like, it's a statue that like you know people go out and go out of their way to see. It was in the movie. It made those steps already. Those steps were already probably popular, but it made them iconic. Yeah, so. it's a part of Philly too. Yeah, I can see that. It's always going to be weird to me to honor people yeah. that actually exist. I tell you what, though, next time in Brooklyn, this thing goes up. I'm getting a selfie with the fucking Captain America. Yeah, yeah me too. I'm running right <laughs> over. Fuck <here>. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is it going to be? It's going to bronze. You said bronze statue. Uh, it says yeah. it weighs. It's going to weigh a ton. It's a bronze statue. Okay. Weighing a ton. Bronze weighs a ton. Uh, moving on, you guys. Uh, you guys remember? You ever seen the movie Warriors? 1979. Yeah. Warriors. Well, we got a little bit of news uh, regarding hey. the Russo brothers who directed uh, probably two of the finest MCU movies to date, Winter Soldier Civil War. They are rebooting the Warriors for Hulu. Geek they want to do a TV series. I'm uh, For those who don't know, if you've never seen Warriors, it takes place in 1979, and it's wonderfully dirty, gang, filthy New York. Uh, basically, the gang, the Warriors, has to make it across town to uh, their home base and fight. And it's got colorful gang members. Like, one team is dressed up as a baseball team with bats, and they color their face. I can't remember some of the other gangs, Rugs. Do you remember any of the other gangs? Uh, they were all, there was like Indians, there was all kinds of cowboys, there was all kinds of shit. There was like, oh, that was the village people. This, um, <laughs> this is, honestly, though, this is the cops. movie, this is the movie that made me want to go to New York. Because I was like, oh, it looks dangerous oh, and yeah. exciting. It, really, it personified how disgusting New York was in the 70s. It was a shithole. And uh, it was covered in graffiti. Yeah, it's awesome. It was like, it was, it was very unsafe. It was seedy. There was porn everywhere. There's people jacking off in the middle of rooms. It was crazy. <laughs> that I remember was, that shit. <laughs> and that was just in your alley. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're hoping, Russo's are hoping the adaptation will honor the original film while adding its own brand of grit, pulp, sex, and violence. I'm wondering, do you set this in 79? You can't set it now. I, had a, I heard a rumor a long time ago that Ridley Scott or, or his brother 
Tony Scott was going to remake this movie with with California gangs. Oh. Yeah, I, I don't think you can redo it. And like, if you make it in '79, then you're really not adding anything to this. You have to if they put a modern twist on it or put it in modern times. Then I think you, as a director or as a writer, then you're like you're kind of changing things up. If you redo yeah. it in '79, it's just it's like fucking uh, what's his name. Peter Jackson remaking King Kong and putting it right back in the same era. Like you didn't really do anything. The at that thing point. is the beauty of this was, this was the era like kind of before gangs had guns, you know, well, it was, yeah. it was just knives and bats and fucking things covered in barbed wire. And I just like to do it now. I don't know. Well, then they have guns. Just, yeah, But then that makes it any, every other gang. Yeah. That is just that. like everything else. Uh, well, maybe they had their own. Uh, I mean, maybe, maybe well, it's I don't like think they should remake this movie. Kind of I don't. This movie's a classic. It shouldn't yeah. be remade. No, well, they're not making. They're just making it, turning it into a TV show. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I, but like you could because you know what? In the video game, I heard that like it fills in parts before the movie. You meet how the that gang gets together. So it would be cool. Maybe it's a prequel. How the warriors get together, and uh, by the end of the series, it's like the beginning of the movie. I don't know. Yeah, that game was it. awesome. The, yeah, I hate, uh, if it's a prequel, I'm already going to hate it. <laughs> The game is out on PS4 now. If you have a PS4, you can buy it. They put oh, it out really? Here. Yeah, because it's like the 10-year anniversary. And uh, I'll explain how I know all this video game stuff in a minute when we get to another oh, thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> little tease. Uh, yeah, little tease. Finally, last bit of MCU movie news. The Spider-Man cast oh. gets bigger again. No uh, kidding. We got to talk about <laughs> Spider-Man, huh? But this one is uh, interesting. <laughs> they hired an intern. They, <laughs> they hired yet another young-looking girl. I guess this girl, her name is Anguri Rice, and uh, people are saying she was like the best thing in that movie, The Nice Guys, that just came out. Look, everyone in this movie is, uh, they're all like young, and people are saying, could this be Gwen? And then like the whole conversation came up like, I, I don't know if I want it to be Gwen, because if it's Gwen, you know what's going to happen. You're just waiting for her to fucking die again. Right, right. But what if they do, like, a crazy take and uh, it's not Gwen? I thought, wouldn't it be funny if they pulled, like, a like a Final Destination death tease and every scene she was in, it almost looked like she's no, about she, to die and then she didn't die? For, they can go for Spider-Gwen. <laughs> yes, they could also make her into a Spider-Gwen and get really wacky. Uh, well, if there's anything we've kind of learned with Marvel is – or at least their movie, their movie division is like they're not doing the things that happen in the comics. Like Civil War, Cap was supposed to die. That's yeah, he didn't die. Yeah, that's the other thing. You know, no, no one really dies in the MCU. Ultron so. was supposed to be made by Hank Pym. He was made by Iron Man. But they're not following that script. So I don't mind it being Gwen if they don't do this typical Gwen shit. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, I think in Ultimate uh, Comics, uh, Bendis' run, like, Gwen was around for a really long time. Right. And, uh, yeah, just nobody dies in these Marvel movies anyways. That's well, everybody's no, no one dies anyways. Yeah, you're so, right. But, like, uh, I don't know if I want it to be Gwen. Uh, I heard she's a pretty good actress. So if that's the case, sure, make she it She looks Gwen. young as fuck. Yes. She, she looks – she fits the part. So, Ruggs, comment on this? No. I mean, like, I have no idea who she's going to be. If she's Gwen, that's great. They're probably going to try and shoehorn a spider going in there because the popularity yeah. is going through the roof. Yeah. And they're going to capitalize on it. And this is what Hollywood does. They'll force something like Venom into a movie. You know, they'll, they'll, that's what they'll do. I don't know, though. This is, this is Marvel, though. This is uh, like a, the, a new generation of these things that they're hopefully trying to ride the line between, you know, not, not doing what the other movies did. But the guy, the whole team that was there from Marvel that was. Fucking sorting shit out and and they're gone. Yeah. 
All of those people that were the watchdogs for Marvel, they're all out of there now. That's a good point. So It's Fihe's running the show. I trust him. This cast is hilariously huge, though. Uh, just, just so many people. Hilariously huge and like very, for big movie fan and TV fans, very recognizable. Very recognizable, which is also very interesting. So I think that's only going to help them going in. Like the youth, they're going to be like, oh, I know her from Disney Channel. I know her from this other thing. The kids are going to love it. The older people it are going to. It seems gonna- like a huge comedy ensemble cast. Yeah, yeah, it really does. So, man, I can't wait to like get a feel of the tone I, of this I movie. I feel like I'm going to hate this movie. You probably way. will. <laughs> you probably. It's written by I really Dan- do. It's written by Dan Slott. No, it's not. It's not written by Dan Slott. It is. I'll fucking go there myself. Oh, shit. I saw Rug. Did you see on his Twitter stream? Rug Boy retweeted all these people who were just cussing out Dan Slott. It was pretty funny. I was was bored one day and I just wrote Dan Slott sucks on Twitter and like all of these tweets came up. I'm like, I'm just going to tweet them. There's there's a whole stream of tweets going, Dan Slott, you made me hate Spider Man. Go fuck yourself. Like, oh my God. That was good stuff, Rugs. That was good stuff. I just wanted to see if anybody agreed. (laughs) Everybody's paying attention. Apparently, a lot of people agree. Exactly. And that's what surprised me was actually how many people agreed with rugs like people really hate the fucking dance slut it's crazy yeah because i'm right i'm of the opinion though i mean i'm sure a lot of people agree but i'm sure if you typed in literally anything on twitter you would get a bunch of people that agree <laughs> with you on something well they i i, I also i also put the uh rug boys awesome and nothing came up because um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, david mobley didn't see that shit david yeah. Bo- <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up the movie talk. Uh, let's move into television a little bit. Uh, starting with DC shows, we got a bunch of Arrow news. Uh, I guess there was there's another Heroes, uh, Stephen Amell's convention, Heroes and Villains Fest that goes. It was in Chicago earlier this year. It goes to Philadelphia. Um, there was a he's bunch of to, like, news. Change the game with that shit, huh? I, I I like what he's trying to do. Like this is a guy who's like. I want a convention that's just for the fans. None of this other bullshit. It's very interesting. People love it. Like, I see photos of him posing with everyone at these conventions everywhere because, like, he just loves hanging out with the fans. Uh, But big news. Stephen Amell announces Cody Rhodes will appear on Arrow Season 5. Now, I'm not into the WWE, but even I know Cody Rhodes is uh, Stardust. And I, I guess he's not part of the WWE anymore, but they wrestled. And Stephen Amell won, and they must have become buddies. And he's like, uh, come on the show. What do you guys think? Did you uh, actually watch Stardust uh, be a supervillain in WWE? What was he like? I don't watch wrestling. I know it's fake. Yeah. All I know is, do you? I don't know if you guys remember Gold Dust. Gold Balls? Yeah. No, Gold Dust. Gold, Gold Dust was like a, like a pseudo, he kind of played like a homosexual porn star. He's like, but, uh, ah, ah. Yeah. He's, he's a Dusty Rhodes' son. Yeah, he's oh, Dusty Rhodes' Dusty son. Dusty Rhodes' son. Oh. Cody Rhodes, I guess, was doing the Stardust gimmick, which is basically the same shit. So, ah, so based off his dad. I, I know Dusty Rhodes more Cold than I know Dust. Cody Rhodes. Because Dusty Rhodes used Dusty to walk Rolls. out. And, <laughs> that too. <laughs> Dusty Rhodes used to walk out in polka dot tra- uh, tra- uh, underwear, basically. Okay. Well, Dusty Balls is what I call him around. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> well, look, we saw Stephen Amell kind of go over to that side and get into the role and actually be kind of good and have fun with it. Do you think that it translates back that these guys, these, the wrestlers, they're actors. They're, they're pretty much playing superheroes. Uh, do you think that he'll be good uh, on a TV show as a, as a villain? Sure. Because wrestling happens live. 
kind of. Yeah. And uh, TV shows don't. So if he does it wrong, they make him do it again until he gets it right. I mean, he already can think on his feet and shit. So, yeah. I will say, though, that although they are actors. Yeah. Some of these, no, the wrestlers, because they are they're acting live. If you see them in film, a lot of them are really fucking bad. Ah, that's what I noticed really too. Bad. Like the dozen, I'm they, not they, sure. They make a ton of direct to TV, direct to video movies that are just awful. I mean, name me one. I mean, even, good, even like Hulk Hogan. That's was what I was really gonna bad. say. Maybe a good Hulk Hogan movie, even in like Rocky, Tooth it was Fairy, just campy. Right? Yeah. What about the, the Rock? The, the Rock's been the only one. Yes. That has been actually legit. But the <laughs> Rock, like if you watch the Rock on WWE, you knew like. You could tell already he had like a certain charisma. Look, it'll be interesting to see if uh, Cody Rhodes' uh, skills come over. Brahma Bull. He's a jabroni. Uh, Also, uh, Ramsey, Ramsey, uh, what's his name, who plays uh, Diggle, uh, revealed that uh, he's getting a new mask made by Cisco Remote for the Flash. And to that, I say, thank God your helmet looked like shit. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. I love that Cisco <laughs> makes everybody's devices like the Canary Cry. He well, made. he was he was wearing like the Guardian helmet, but then wearing like a leather jacket. It like just didn't work. No, it was a poor man's Magneto shitty helmet. So that's good. And then last piece of news about Arrow that made me kind of concerned. Uh, the headline is bad news. It sounds like Oliver and Felicity are getting back together on Arrow. Uh, quote from again. David Ramsey, who plays Diggle from Heroes and Villains Fan Fest, he said, and he could just be fucking with everybody. We get for next season of Arrow, he said, we can expect death, mayhem, and Oliver and Felicity getting back together. I hope he's just fucking with us. I don't know. I don't want them to do that. So it wouldn't be the worst thing that would happen, but it would be annoying. I mean, there's no other, if they want to shoehorn a love interest, there's, you know, there's nobody else. Laurel's dead. And I was kind of like, I wanted them. I, I was kind of looking forward to those two getting together. Because uh, yeah, of the comics only, Yeah, right? yeah, because it's kind of a nice nod to the comics, and they're both heroes, and they get each other's lives. But this relation, I don't know, it ruined Felicity. Well, if it's Flashpoint, everything, all bets are off, my friend. Yeah, you're right. Oh, snap. That's a good That's point. That's why they could kill her, because Flashpoint will reset everything. You know, they, I took this other no out, but there was a rumor that he... He offhandedly, Stephen Amell made a remark, oh, yeah, Flashpoint's going to change everything. But he really doesn't know. But... Technically, Flashpoint, these shows coming back, what Barry did at the end of the last season should change all the shows. It would affect all the shows. That's right. So anything's game. That's exciting. Speaking of The Flash, uh, Kevin Smith uh, directed that one episode last season where Barry Rug was – Boy hated it. Where I, uh, I, Barry was in this – Barry was talking to the Speed Force. That was the problem. Yes, we, we both liked it and Rug Boy didn't like it. I, I just want to like it. I but you know you don't blame the directing. He was too. It was too garlicky. Too Kevin Smithy. Well, yeah. he'll be back next season to uh, direct episode seven of season three of the Flash. Just put a little less garlic in it. A little like less it. garlic. A little more Jason Muse. No, less Jason Muse. No. <laughs> what was that spice you said before? Turmeric, cardamom. 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 Some cardamom in there. <laughs> Little too much paprika. Uh, but, uh, you know, Kevin Smith had talked about writing Arrow. And he has this character that he wrote in the – because he wrote the book Arrow. He wants to come on Arrow. He wants to write his character, Anamonapia. This is villain that he came up with. Have you guys heard of the Anamonapia? Read any of this? Did you tell us about this? 
Yes, but I didn't know what the character was or you know what the deal is. And the okay. the word onomatopoeia, I don't you know the definition of onomatopoeia, I believe, is a word that is a sound. Yeah, right? like an exclamation point. Like boom or kapow or yeah. click. So the character is known for not saying anything other than the sounds of things around him. For example, there's a C, uh, there's a uh, uh, the cover of Green Arrow 13. The villain breaks one of Ollie's arrows, and it's a giant word bubble. Just the words snap while he does that, right? So Kevin Smith's like, I'd love to bring onomatopoeia to Arrow. However, it doesn't really work on the screen as opposed to the page. This is what he wanted to do. He says, I figured out a way to do it that is kind of badass and also connects to comics more or less. So instead of just doing the actual sound, which to me in the real world will be like the dude from Police Academy making noises with his mouth, he'll just have little cards, business cards that have typewritten words of whatever the fuck. So instead of him saying blam, you'll find this card in your desk, you turn around, and blam, he shoots you and stuff like that. Which I was like, that's kind of fun. That kind of works in this, in this universe. Uh, I wouldn't. I think Arrow could use a little writing help, and maybe that Kevin Smith uh, is what it needs a little bit. What do you guys think? Well, <laughs> I would like this character more if Kevin Smith didn't steal it from me. Except <laughs> my character was called Onomatopoeia Penis. <laughs> he gave you oh, cards shit. with dicks on them. <laughs> you just you just open up a cabinet. There'd be a dick card right there. You were like looking at a dick. How many? There's you, like you, different you know, cards. You know it's funny when Rugboy starts laughing after his own joke. <laughs> so uh, you get the yeah. Uh, as there different kind of dicks and shapes and colors, and there one's like it's like Uno. One's like a skip. One's like a reverse. Uh, Cosmo, yeah, they're all kinds. <laughs> Cosmo circumcised, Fox. uncircumcised. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's like uh, that's the best I got, version. I got nothing to fucking add. I can't really. You killed that. <laughs> I'm on a penis. <laughs> but moving on, like all sorts of different. That would be a great villain, though. That, that would be a great <laughs> villain. Uh, Oliver would be like, "Why is there a card with a giant black penis uh, on my desk?" <laughs> the guy turns this around. Guy I know told me this story once. Of uh, he went over to his friend's house for a party. Yeah, and. There were so many people that the guy that he went to go see didn't talk to him. So he was, so he was mad. So he was like fucking around his house and he found post-it notes. Okay. And so he just started making post-it note dicks and put it all <laughs> over this guy's house. <laughs> and the guy told him that like weeks later, he'd be like going to get a thing of cereal and there would be a dick on the cereal. <laughs> oh, shit. That's a pretty good one. That's a good one. I'm going to have to remember that. He struck again. Automatopenis. Automatopenis. Damn that automatopenis. Yeah. Would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you meddling kids and your uh, condoms. Uh, look, moving on. Do you want to catch up on season one of Supergirl? Because it's coming to CW. Season two. Uh, CW is airing every episode of Supergirl beginning August 1st. They're going to air two episodes a week. It's kind of fun to uh, catch up and to see it on CW, actually. Uh, it'll is, be, it on, uh, is it on any of the streaming services yet? I don't uh, know. Probably not yet, right? They no. usually release them like right before the next season comes out. You know what? Out. That is a great question because it leads right into my next bit of news. We had talked about the CW deal with Netflix, how they were oh, yeah. leaving okay. Hulu, and they struck a deal. So uh, we have a little more detail, and here's the deal. Once the season ends... The show, the whole season 
will be on Netflix eight days later. Just okay. eight days later. So, because before what happened is they would release this, the last season when the new season started. Leaving out yeah. people out of the conversation between seasons. Because and they couldn't catch up. They couldn't catch up. So now the season ends. Eight days later, it's all there. You could binge it right away. And now you can be part of the conversation. I think this is a, it's a very good move. I never understood why they waited for the new season to start before they put out the season. It must have been yeah. some kind of contractual thing. Yeah. Contractual, I would, I would assume. But it was very annoying. Uh, another huge piece of news for Netflix. Uh, it, it involves Netflix and Comcast, who I guess have been rivals for like a decade. Like uh, well, That's because Comcast has been doing on-demand for a while, too. They've been basically doing, trying to do the same. They're trying to be, be on-demand and cable at the same time. They're trying to be the one set-top box for everything. Everything. One-stop yeah. But their problem is, I mean, I can already tell you, their problem is they charge for fucking every movie. Granted, they have a, a wider, they have a lot of movies that are yeah, not on Netflix, but they charge money for every fucking movie. For the so that for adds new, up real quick. For new, yeah, that's true. For new movies. Yeah. So, I mean, you pay monthly for Netflix, but then you get everything for free. Whereas Comcast, you're paying monthly for your cable and paying monthly, paying for movies every time. Uh, yeah, and like right now I have my Apple TV, and that's where I watch the Netflix, and then I got my Comcast box. Well, uh, uh, Comcast will begin including Netflix on its cable boxes, on its X1 oh, cable boxes before the end of the year, marking the end of this five-year rivalry that's kind of brought this streaming. It kind of slowed all the streaming internet video industry down. Uh, what I thought was interesting is they were actually – they bought a company to try to kill Netflix – and that didn't work. And they've just been battling back and forth. But now they've joined forces. They're shaking hands. I, I think this is bad. Why is this bad? Well, okay, yeah, go ahead. It's bad because the competition's gone. Now they could just be uh, lackadaisical. And then they could now they can uh, do whatever they want. Whenever, whenever there's a, the end of competition, is that's when the customer gets fucked up the ass, the worst. Well, Cosmo Fox says Comcast is the big evil these days. And they really, they're kind of a monopoly. I mean, even the government's tried, they tried to stop them from being, they were going to buy Time Warner at one point. Comcast was, was gonna, Comcast? Comcast was close to fucking buying Time Warner, which would have been a huge monopoly. And I think the government stepped in and they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, you're going to own everything. We can't let this happen right now. Who does Time Warner own? Or what would they have gotten with Time Warner? They would, like they would have just gotten like East Coast uh, cable uh, distribution. They're, they're their own cable don't they, don't they still have... I mean, they still have competition from Dish and DirecTV, right? When there's be- yes, there's satellite, and I know out satellite. East Rugs, there's like FiOS, there's Time Warner, there's uh, RCN, there's Wow, there's a bunch, but Comcast is the big uh, wow. Behemoth. Comcast and Netflix. Comcast Sorry, and I'm- Netflix, right? That's pretty cool. I think it's cool, but well, Rugs. How does that work? I don't trust it. How does that work though? So then, wait, you pay for Comcast. Would and then have to Netflix pay for is just included into your your package. Like, an, is that like an add on, like HBO? I feel like Netflix is, is like so much more value I than feel, any I additional feel, channels. I feel like what you just have to do is sign in with your net. Mm-hmm. If you're already paying for Netflix, okay, you sign into like a Netflix app on the Comcast box, uh, and then it. it just it's just more convenient. Like you don't have to switch. So it's just a, it's just a feature on Comcast that makes it. Well, I'm sure they're going to be selling it. Like yeah. to the people and say, listen, motherfucker, you could pay 25 bucks, but for an extra 10 bucks, you got Netflix. 
Cosmo Fox says, I wonder if this is the Comcast version of Embrace and Extinguish. Well, the, it is because that's also a I've been I've been I've been preaching on this show and off the show that uh, streaming TV was going to destroy cable eventually. Yep. And Comcast is making the preemptive move of incorporating streaming TV into their cable so that it doesn't happen. Either we could be friends or, or we could buy or it and free, kill it yeah, or, or getting in early enough that they can be in on the streaming with two with Netflix. That's kind of scary. It's scary. It's a fucking evil genius move on Comcast's part. It says uh, the terms of the agreement are still unknown. Experts believe Netflix will pay a distribution cost similar to what it already pays companies like Apple and TiVo to be on their platforms. So for Netflix, it's just another place. That it's just another platform. It's just more more homes. Yeah, yeah, way more homes. So I don't and know. like Rugboy said, if you don't have Netflix now, you can. It'll be exposed to people that don't have it and can buy it. But Anthony, you're right. This this bond, old people. This <laughs> people. Yeah. This delicate balance between the streaming and the cable box is very interesting to see which way this goes. It's it's interesting to see it being combined like that. It got me excited because I was like, now I don't have to switch fucking inputs and go to this thing. Oh, I can talk to my remote and put it on does make, it. It does make it super convenient. Like, like you're saying, make it super convenient. Like I don't have to use a different remote. Right. I don't have but to. Don't, it do take, it that, all takes like a minute or two of my time. Do you think that Comcast can use the fact that you're going through their machine to track stuff and use that data? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> They're tracking every fucking thing. Well, Netflix me? already has data yeah. that they they don't release their data, but they yeah. have they they can track all the data. They'll too. have their own. Well, yeah, but of course, because but now Comcast may have have access to what Netflix's data is. Like Netflix knows what their data is because it's mm-hmm. private. Right. Now, Comcast maybe could figure out a way to get their hands on some of this data. Dude, they're like Hydra. They're fucking evil. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about the Comcast. I'm a, a conspiracy of, theorist. Yeah. So I don't know. A lot of people hate Comcast customer service. I mean, I've always, I've never had to deal with them, but Comcast customer service usually is. is ah, you know dicks. what? They could be all right and quick, but they can also be just ridiculous and send three people out for the same thing and. and and no one can do the job sometimes. Well, the, the, the kind of the cool thing, though, maybe it's cable in general, though, but Comcast is, you can negotiate your cable bill, really. Oh, absolutely. Every month you call, <laughs> they're like, look, I can't pay this. I'm going to quit. I'm they're like, canceling. oh, I'm going to Dish. Oh, no, we'll give you HBO for free. All right, cool. Cosmo Fox says they want to take the net away from your computer and into their content control. I don't know. They're, you know, there's, uh, da- uh, you know, there's the ma- matter of streaming data that they're allowing you to as a subscriber. Uh, this is, uh, this will be interesting to keep an eye on. So tinfoil hats off everyone moving on. Uh, remember we talked about that agents of shield bus wrap for San Diego comic-con that had the flaming chain and everyone's like, Oh, is a ghost rider coming to, uh, agents of shield no, it's that guy with the chain. Yes. However, check this out. There's been a casting call to go out for season four of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. The casting call has gone out for a pair of Latino brothers with one characterized as the most dangerous person in the room. The other brother is a paralyzed in a wheelchair. This could point to, according to the screener article, the 2014 comic book incarnation of Ghost Rider, a Mexican-American named Robbie Reyes. Reyes drives a flaming black muscle car instead of the traditional motorcycle, carries his own distinctive look as Ghost Rider. He also happens to have a disabled brother named Gabe. They could be using this modern version of Ghost Rider as a compromise so that they could still use the traditional Johnny Blaze motorcycle Ghost Rider, maybe in a movie, in a Netflix show. Down the line. Yeah, but don't they have a guy with a chain that's on fire already? They do. His name is Hellfire. And uh, 
Maybe, yeah, why would you have two of them? Maybe Cosmo Fox <laughs> says boo. I didn't know that there was more income. I guess there's been a bunch of ghostwriters, not just Johnny that, Blaze. That there's tons suck. of versions. That would suck because that I mean you're just use you you don't debut the knockoff ghostwriter as the first ghostwriter in the MCU. I, th- I think that would suck. Well, the first ghostwriter that would be like that would be like taking Spider-Man's debut and using like Miguel O'Hara. Oh yeah, 2099. You know, instead like, that'd be weird. Look, the first the first the debut. There's a bunch of ghostwriters though. Who, who which one is the debut? The one, I guess the one everyone knows, but the first one belonged to Carter Slade. In 1967, he was known as the Phantom Rider. Then Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider debuts in 1972, and then uh, then there was those movies uh, in 2007 and 2012. Boo! But I guess in 2014 they came up with a new version of Ghost Rider. Hmm. Uh, I did not know that existed. I don't know. That is interesting. If they are they're Inhumans, uh, and that's like Ghost Rider, so. I just thought I'd throw that out there. Now That's interesting. Yeah. You guys, uh, uh the way I was able to throw out all that uh Warriors uh video game knowledge, I'm not a gamer, you guys know me. I'm the nerd. I stopped playing video games in like two thousand and seven. Uh, that would imply you're the nerd would imply you should be the gamer. Yeah, I really should be. You can all only right. nerd out about one thing at a time sometimes. I'm focusing my nerdiness uh says you. <laughs> <laughs> Not on the gaming. But look, I shout out to Matt Delahauer who asked me to guest appear on uh, the latest episode of the Weekly Jump, episode 154, from our buddies, How Do I Jump? It's a video game podcast, and uh, it was totally last minute, and I'll put a link in the show notes. It's hilarious to listen to me fake my way through video game <laughs> conversations, but there's a great Jaden Smith bit in there that'll leave you laughing uh, in stitches. And we also talked about, I got turned on to this character, uh, Christopher Naji, uh, turned me on to One Punch Man. You guys familiar with the One Punch Man? Rugs, you know One Punch Man? I do know about it. He, uh, this character sounds hilarious. It started as a manga, and what, what he told me about it really wanted me to check it out. Rugs, can you explain One Punch Man's powers and how no, he got, how I, he got I, his I'm powers? Not big, I'm not really high on One Punch Man. So, oh, Jordan the Pie says he's the best. So, oh, she binge-watched it. Basically, it's this guy who could take out... Uh, bad guys with one punch. He's that powerful, and it's just boring to him. Like he he's just driving himself crazy because there's no challenge. He hits a guy, the guy goes down, and he's like, ah, "All right, I'll go back to my crossword." Uh, and then the way he got these powers, uh, you would think it'd be some crazy like space amulet curse. No, he did CrossFit for a year, and then one day he just had this one punch power. Uh, well, if you want to check it out, guys, uh, Toonami is gonna have a, a, de- a new dubbed version debuting July sixth on Adult Swim. And people, I've heard people love it. Uh, Jordan says he's a certified badass. He got that way because of basic exercise. She binge watched it. I kind of want to check out One Punch Man because uh, I love this idea. Yeah, I'm not into it. You don't like the One it, Punch Man? I mean, I probably would watch it. I watch anything. But I mean, <laughs> you know, but it didn't tickle my fancy. I, 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 I seen a little bit of it on, on YouTubes and I was like, yeah, it's cute. But yeah, not for me. All right. Well, those uh, Chris over at HD One Jump, he loves anime, and so I always make sure to get a recommendation. Check out that show I was on. It was good. Let's move. Does this tickle your fancy rugs? I got some comic book news. We have uh, a new Iron I'm, Man. I'm very curious for Rug Boy's uh, thoughts on this. Here we go. Marvel's new Iron Man is a 15-year-old 
black girl. Uh, oh, shit. Okay, whatever. Let, let me... <laughs> This is what Marvel's doing now. Look, let me explain. Marvel's going through Civil War right now that involves Tony Stark. At the end of Civil War, something's going to happen to Tony Stark. There is a major death in Civil War. Someone close to Tony. This has affected him. Uh, in the wake of Civil War... the spoiler button? And Here, yeah. Spoiler, spoiler. I'm just going to tell you if you haven't read it. Uh, War Machine Rhodey dies in the first issue of Civil War II. So, And this is all because of this inhuman who can kind of predict the future. Uh, it's a it's an indirect result of this, which is why Tony wants to put this guy away. He doesn't want him to use his powers. Anyways, in the wake of Civil War II, Tony Stark is no longer Iron Man. Stepping into those big shoes is a character named Riri Williams, a 15-year-old black girl who was introduced in the current Invincible Iron Man series. So this is going to reboot with the Marvel Now. It will be her. She was a student at MIT. Williams had built her own armor in her dorm room. Geek boner. Which is oh, Mary Sue. Nice. Which is... <laughs> Which is pretty cool. Okay, wait. <laughs> Michael Brian Michael Bendis is writing this. I think this is a very interesting move. So we had a bunch of comments on our Facebook group that are uh, going to – oh, and here's the design. They've also released the design. And it, it clearly – it looks like Iron Man. It, uh, you can't even tell that it's like a woman's body a little bit. A little bit. In Not, this design. Like maybe, the hip, maybe in the hips, but that's about it. In the hips. The chest plate is definitely just like a man's chest plate. Uh, Raymond Swanson comment. He actually, Ray posted this, and he his question was, are these reboot ideas getting to be too much? Does every superhero need to be reinvented? Why not just come up with an awesome new hero instead of reinventing one? Uh, David Ziga comments, as long as people keep getting fooled by the shiny object, readers who want good stories are screwed, giant events, sell more issues, even though they are mostly crap stories that do more long-term harm than good. And then John Bellotti Jr., I have to agree with Ray, just to make just make a new black superhero. Iron Man is synonymous with a white billionaire playboy. Same with Batman. And then, of course, Kevin Halden to level out the whole conversation because eh, it could be worse <laughs> at the end. Well, I mean, they've already put Rhodey in since like the 1980s. Like Rhodey's or even before that, Rhodey's been in an Iron Man suit. So to say that there's no diversity in Iron Man is retarded. That's number one. You could say, okay, he's not the lead character. I got it. Okay. Whatever. Okay. Making it into a girl. This is Disney's new plan of indoctrinating the youth. This is what they're doing. This is what this is par for the course. They're looking at their Disney information about, you know, and all this stuff, and they're using it, and they're just cannibalizing whatever's there in front of it. To meet whatever demographic need, if there's gonna, I can't wait to come out until they come out with Hasidic Jew Iron Man. Because, <laughs> oh shit! You know, Iron Payus, we'll call him. Iron Payus, Iron Muslim. You know, like you need to appease every little uh, section of the world because, and it's fine, but that just shows a lack of creativity to me that you can't come up with a superhero or another person that's going to be awesome. You know. Other than sticking them into a major book that's already selling, it just screams to me of it's retarded. Like when they did Ultimate Spider-Man, they killed Peter pa- Peter Parker, <laughs> and they put Miles Morales in there. Yes, okay, but they're and they did that. And they passed the torch, and people, you know, they grew to love it. And then this, the same thing's going to happen with this, you know. But there's always going to be the people. And the reason that it works is that there's there is a Spider-Man comic still. There is an Amazing Spider-Man where Peter Parker Spider-Man still. 
I have a feeling that they took that model and they're going to start adapting it. And even if it's for a temporary thing, it's fine. But Marvel, it just shows me that Marvel is lacking in creativity. It shows me, showing me that Marvel is, is, is selling out and is becoming a corporate mark for Disney. Anthony comment is. is this uh, affirmative action uh, I, uh, sort of I would I yeah. would completely agree actually with Rugboy I would say it also shows a kind of a a laziness and a lack of trust in their writers because ideally you would create a new character or a new hero right but they want they want to do have diversity which is a noble thing right you you want to include it's a it's a diverse country you want to include everybody um, but they don't want to go through the work of creating a new character so they're like how can we do this but make it popular. So we fast track it. Let's fast track it by putting diverse characters into known heroes and get a reaction out of people. And for the most part, it looks like it's been working for Marvel just because of the success of like Miles Morales, um, Kamala Khan, female Thor, I think is doing pretty well. Yep, yep. Um, cat, even the, even the cat being a Hydra agent was kind of like a weird thing. Black cap is doing Falcon as cap is doing all right. So I think they're just, they're just lazy and they just they want they want they want to have a diverse roster of heroes but they don't want to go go through the work of actually creating a new hero so they want to fast track it's it so... and make it happen and they want to make it happen in like 3 months this is the way they do it they're going to put somebody in they're going to force you to read this because you want to have to read iron man and then eventually it'll branch off into its own thing just like Miles Morales that's the business model that they're using they're going to force it down your throat and then when you kind of get acclimated to it, they'll split you and they give you Tony Stark back, which is fine, I guess. But you're oversaturating the market with so many of the same fucking characters. And there, it does, there is no originality. There is right. nothing original about this idea. They've been doing this forever, and it, we're all sick of it. We were all sick of it in 1986. <laughs> Cosmo Fox yeah, I forgot says, to mention too Amadeus Cho Hulk Amadeus Cho Hulk the, the weird thing always to me though is when they have these legacy characters so like Iron, like DC's been doing it forever with legacy characters and then you have like four or five Green Lanterns running around or three or four Flashes or in this case with Marvel you're going to have two or three Thors two Spider-Mans a couple, couple Iron Mans a couple Captain Americas it gets as a reader it gets a little cluttered for me when you have that many people running around with the same fucking name that's why i hate dan slot <laughs> <laughs> he started this horse shit cosmo he fox says right back. he found a way to bring it back <laughs> cosmo says instant fail jordan of the pie says she's probably an a cup in that suit cosmo fox back to the callback iron rabbi i like that here's the thing She'll though probably do well I the, think. well these are like they're technically they're new characters in terms of their secret identity, like Miles Morales is his own, is a new character. This is a black girl who's MIT student, real smart, new characters. But instead of taking the risk, I guess, of creating whole new titles and shoving them out there, they're like filtering them through, like you said, familiar characters. Now, how much of this do you think is to set up for the movies when Robert Downey Jr. is too old to play Iron Man? And now people are familiar with different Iron Mans and you slide them in there, maybe. How much yeah, of this is the test, a testing ground also for the MCU at large moving past, you know. And I also feel like it's insulting because they seem to keep putting black characters behind masks that cover their entire face. Oh, that's a good point. I didn't think about it that way. <laughs> black Panther. I really think that why, yeah, I mean, come not, on now. Not Falcon America, though. Falcon America is not covered. No, he's yeah. not. And that no, was kind of, that's covered. cool. 
but Miles these, is yeah, and like DC's kind of doing the same thing. There's a Chinese Superman, but he's but he I think is a new character. But he's super. But he's super bad at the same time. Right. That's the, that's the confusion. I mean, you're you're. I, I see the point you make. These are new characters, technically. Yeah. Well, Thor wasn't. A, that, that was just Jane Foster. Yeah, and but, then yeah. But um, it's just lazy, man. I mean, it, it's it's not even. It's it's just the fact that I don't think they trust that a diverse character with a new superhero name is going to sell. At the end of the day, it's about money, and they're they're trying to. They want to be inclusive, so they want to like have the good PR of. You know what? We have a, a an Indian Captain Marvel and an Asian Hulk and a a black super a black uh, Captain America, but, but they don't want to. They want these books to still make money, so yeah, they're not they're not going to hemorrhage cash right to, to have diversity. They're, they're not going that far with it. The cause know. isn't it isn't that noble, is what I'm saying. No, the cause is not noble. As I said, it's a it's um they're basically just covering all their bases diversity wise. And then not only that, but they're trying to offshoot this stuff. Like Imran said, when Robert Downey Jr. doesn't want to do this anymore, yep. they got a backup plan. It's fine. I get it. But, you know. It's kind of disheartening that like- both Marvel and DC are now structuring their books uh, to fit the movies. Yeah. But basically, the comics will never make as much money as the movies yes. ever yes. in a million right. years. The comics have not made a billion dollars, even at their peak. You know they weren't making; they're making millions, maybe a you know ten million, right? But that's nothing. That's like you know, like uh, Warner Brothers shits that every day. Yeah, yeah. When they when they get after their coffee, they just crap <laughs> a million dollars. <laughs> There's another million, but you know the, you can't get that kind of sales with comic books, and they probably never imagined that this that it would be so big in on the screen. Well, to your question, Imran, about them testing, it is, I mean, this is the, if they're going to test something, they're going to test it in the comics. They're not testing it on the big screen. Yeah, no. yeah. Wow. It's crazy. Uh, but uh, we'll... That's why I stopped reading superhero <laughs> comics. And I hate that slot. I mean, so, with- <laughs> Rugboy, would, would the solution be if, if they made these new, if they made new superheroes that were diverse, you'd be cool with it. It's just the fact Hey, that man, all it. I know is that in the 90s, they came out with Milestone, right? It was all black... Uh, comic book thing. and I used to read them. Yeah, I was but, like, "This is the coolest shit ever." There's a black Superman. There's Static Shock. Yeah, there's all these yeah, people. But, there's Icon. Yeah. All of these characters. What the fuck happened to them? But uh, yeah, where are they now? I mean, would you rather have Why them? Don't you bring them back. They should bring Why them back. Now, shove, now you got to shove, uh, you know, characters in, you know, into other characters that just so you can do it. I don't get it. Where's the bravery, guys? Where's the ball sack? I mean, if they if they just put out a whole bunch of new title, new hero issues, I mean, I I think they're right into doubting that anybody would buy them. Because I, I think no the name. solution would be like if you took an established book like Spider Man, and then you introduced like like a backdoor pilot sort of thing. Yes, not yes, not the dirty way, but backdoor <laughs> like hot. like introduced a new character that was diverse and kind of was taken under their wing or like yeah. help them out randomly and then you spun off a book maybe you could do something like that they used to I mean, do that remember speed- remember, the new, remember the new warriors yes new warriors there was speedball there was sleepwalker there was all these weird uh just random here dark hawk dark hawk none of them lasted though none of them really had any staying power yeah but that's because that they they screwed the pooch out yeah. of the characters were cool yeah well, they just weren't included in anything Vibe didn't last too long, did he? But no, not in the that new and he was reboot, and yeah. he was Hispanic. And well, they put him in the Justice League of America, so that's right. What we but got was his book any good? 
Uh, no, 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 no. It was not very. It was. It was okay. It was decent. It was nothing to write home about. And look, we got a black fifteen-year-old Iron Man. So Yahoo for uh, yeah. That's I. That's cool for that. Last little funny bit of news to end the news segment with is I thought this was great. Scooby Snacks is now an official word in the Oxford English Dictionary. Oh, this is our our official language, people. This is the dictionary. Uh, hey man. <laughs> good Earth is coming up next. I think Good Earth. I, I, I don't know if you know, but Doe Homer Simpson's exclamation Doe is actually in the dictionary. It was added a number of years ago. Uh, they also added uh, terms like glamping, dudettes, uh, power couple, LMAO. They put in T- oh really? Yes, they put they, in acronym. Yes, they put in JK LMAO. They put in bothered for bothered. They put in TLDR. TL semicolon DR is a fucking word. You know what they might as well do now? IRL take, also. What the shit is this? They might as well just take Urban Dictionary and incorporate all those terms yeah. into the Oxford Dictionary. The, the, that's that. what they're doing. Look, Oxford, add good earth as a greeting. But uh, so. Or the rug down. <laughs> yes. Yes. Wowie zowie. This Our should be. Terrific. Scooby Snacks? Whoa. Uh, so. What, <laughs> that was actually pretty good. I, I could do a good. Uh, <laughs> I used to be able to do a good Scooby. Sorry, Faggy. Scooby Snacks? Uh, but uh, the definition. So, Scooby Snack, the official fucking official definition a snack specially given as a reward of inducement, specifically a bite sized treat or a lard, multi layered sandwich. Also, food eaten to satisfy a hunger induced by drinking and smoking. <laughs> it's a Scooby nice. snack. Good earth. Look at a earth. Scooby snack. Wait, has anybody ever said <laughs> use Scooby snack as something you as a term after you get high? Oh, Snoochie boochies. Snoochie boochies. First you get the Snoochie boochies. I get the munchies. Yo, you got any yeah. Scooby snacks? Yo, bro, you got any Scooby snacks? I've never said that. I'm going to start saying it now because it's in the dictionary. <laughs> yeah, Scooby snack is a shot. Oh, it, what's the shot? Does anybody know what's in it? Uh, it's like a green dog I green. I already want to vomit. Uh, but look, it's an official word, so you can use it and tell all your like smart people, it's a fucking word, you bastard. Give me my Scooby snack. What is, yeah. what is our language? coming to i don't get it all right that's it for the news let's move on to the next segment After these messages, we'll be right back. i'm jason i'm jeff and i'm blake from the history of bad ideas and we'll get back to your regularly scheduled program here in just a second geek listeners but we do a weekly podcast called the history of bad ideas yeah well, we'll discuss things like television or movies or music or games or any other thing that falls into our geek related uh, podcast knowledge you can find us on uh, geek life radio fridays 10 a.m eastern 9 a.m central or radio hyphen blitz Saturday, 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central, or you can listen to us whenever the hell you want on iTunes and Stitcher. Check us out. Roger says goodbye. Goodbye. In a world where so many podcasts offer TV and movie news, along comes another one filled to the brim with podcasty goodness that is only slightly better at best. Admit it, you're always looking for a new brand of meaningless movie nonsense in your podcast diet. Look for the 365 Flicks podcast on Twitter, iTunes, Stitcher, and all good third-party podcast apps. You can also swing by the Facebook page. Come join in on the adventures of Kev, a pissy ex-video store clerk. And Chris, a Scottish Whedon Hall. We are your vocal heroes of pissy opinion. 
We bring you all the latest TV and movie news, reviews and general geeky rants. As well as a bunch of top fives that you really won't care about. So whether you're Team Iron Man or Team Cap, you're Team Batman or Team Superman, drop on by the 365 Flicks podcast, where the Chris vs. Kev Civil War never stops. This is the podcast you're looking for. Here's the uh, recipe for a Scooby snack. It's a half ounce Malibu, coconut rum, half ounce cream de- de- bananas, half ounce Midori Milan liquor. That's the green. Half ounce pineapple juice, half ounce whipped cream. Wow, it sounds lovely. I want one nice. right now. I want a Scooby snack. I think I've seen those. It's the green shot with the whipped cream on it. I didn't know those were Scooby snacks. Anyways, gang, I uh, I finally got to watch the Batman vs. Superman Ultimate Edition cut. Oh, shit. I bought it. I'll admit. I bought the fucking thing. <laughs> And you bought the digital download? Or I did. No, I bought the digital download. It's actually, it's not out till later this month on uh, actual physical media. Cosmo Fox says I watched it. So, I wanted to give you a quick review of my thoughts. This won't take long. No, give it to us. All right. This is basically, I, put, I got a bunch of notes here. Uh, basically, the first half of this movie is now a lot less clusterfucky. Oh, shit. The, the, the crazy editing that, that really hampered the, the beginning of this movie uh, it's not even noticeable now. It's it smooths it out. However, there's still no fucking establishing shots, causing for some jarring cuts. Like he still cuts from an interior of one place to like an interior of another place, but he doesn't tell you where you are. It's the first time we're there. What the fuck is going on? It bugs the shit out of me. You just need one shot of someone like walking up to it or just show me the outside then cut in. What are you doing? There's more Clark Kent doing Clark Kent things. He actually had more lines. He's being investigative. You kind of get you see him investigating Batman. uh, And so you get a little bit more character from him. And I got to say Lex's plan made a little more sense. There was a little more of how he's actually – Pulling the strings and manipulating uh, the government against Superman, manipulating the city against Batman, manipulating Batman is, against Superman. Is there an explanation for why he releases Doomsday on the world? Yes. Basically, okay. he, because he says – Other than killing Superman? No, he, because of the plan that he had to send Batman didn't work. This was his yeah. plan C, basically. That's, the, that's his explanation. He goes, that didn't oh, work. This- that's so it. it still doesn't make sense. It's still pretty weak. It's still pretty weak. Uh, though the Africa scene, though, which was really like the most confusing bit in the beginning of that movie in the theatrical cut, uh, it may, it's it was it, they added a lot more. It actually ties into Lois investigating the bullet, and uh, you meet you basically find out how Lex manipulated this. Like uh, the KG Beast burned the bodies, so it looked like. They got torched, and there's a lady who is testifying in Congress that you find out later Lex paid her, and then Anatoly, like, pushes her in front of a train to get rid of the witness. So you see a little bit of the manipulation. This, I thought, was interesting to explain, too. Lex Luthor, I did not get this in the theatrical cut, Lex Luthor was behind the fact that bat-branded inmates in prison were being killed. And the KG beast Anatoly Kinyazev would call a person inside and he told him, take out the guy branded. So Lex is causing bat branded people to get killed in prison, 
making him look bad to the public. But what they added was Clark investigating that guy's uh, – he's talked to his girlfriend and the baby and it kind of humanizes – you know Batman's victims. He, he talked to the baby. He talked. He talked to the the his girlfriend and the kid. Like she had a kid and a girlfriend. Oh. The guy who was branded who got killed. So he sees oh. that side of this effect, and he and he, so you see where Superman starts to make his opinion about Batman because of Lex. The Steppenwolf scene is in there. I still think uh, it's not really necessary. It, uh, it's still kind of it, it, it comes out of nowhere. It doesn't it's still confusing. Also, the other thing I noticed that was weird is I, I know Snyder wanted to do like the talking head TV thing like in Dark Knight Returns. But for them to use real people like your Anderson Cooper and your CNN, I, it kind of takes you out of the whole thing. I wish they had just made up, uh, you know, made up TV networks and made up personalities. I think it would help just kept it in, in world a little bit more. more Maybe. You know? Uh, yeah. Lois does a little bit more investigating, but still, she's fucking held hostage two times. She shows up in the most convenient places. Like, I don't know how. Uh, her role still sucks in this, but you see her doing <laughs> a little bit more investigating. Uh, this is not the, this is the same as theatrical cut, but Bruce has three fucking dreams. Three dreams in this movie. <laughs> I walk, and the way they cut, like, I forgot. It's he has the the file. It says decrypting. You see it on the screen, and then bam, cut to Batman in the desert. And you're like, "What the fuck yeah. is this? What the fuck?" Is-? And look, that Batman in the desert scene by itself is fucking awesome. It's pretty badass, but it's a completely different movie. It's a whole different thing, and also it just makes you get to bash on Superman more. Like it's still clear these people hate Superman. They should have never put that scene. No, in the movie. it looks it's fucking cool as shit, but. It, it's a different – it's a completely different thing. It has nothing. It has nothing to do with it. It's fucking great. Here, this is – on second viewing, I noticed something really hilarious. The opening dialogue of the movie, Bruce Wayne's voiceover over the, the scenes of the parents' funeral. This is the very first thing you hear. Uh, it makes no fucking sense if you actually listen to it. Listen, this is what he says. Here's the opening dialogue. He goes, there was a time above, a time before. There were perfect things. Diamond absolutes. How things fall. Things on earth. And what falls is fallen. They took me into the light. A beautiful lie. It's fucking gibberish. What the fuck does that mean? It sounds like that girl from like <laughs> the, that said the Iraq. Yes. That's what it sounds like. Sounds like what Kanye West would say. In like it a, totally yeah, does. I think that was. I think that was a Kanye song. Seriously, and what no, falls? Not a song. Like if you gave him a live mic and he's doing a speech. Yo, George Bush hates black people, and what falls is fallen. That's what the fuck. Oh, that's how they should. But this is the first thing you hear in the movie, and like, Water I guess used to be wet. Water, exactly. But Jesus, I mean. How dare you do this to us? And what falls is fallen. Really? Okay, okay. They got Superman doing, saving some more people, which is nice. But again, there's the scene where right before he has to go confront Batman after Lex tells him, I need you to bring Batman's head. He goes to see Lois and he's telling her, look, I need to get him to work with me or I got to kill him. And 
he has this look on his face like he's smelling the worst fucking fart he's ever smelled. I just started laughing out loud. I was like, why wouldn't you tell him? It's just like this fucking wrinkled, like, I expected him to go like, what smells? After he says the line. (laughs) It was New Jersey. Uh, Henry Cavill was told basically throughout that movie to look sad or angry the entire time. But so then he he reverts to the smelling the farts, which it's just, it's so funny. The poor guy, I kind of feel bad for him, but he had a little bit more stuff to do. Look, all in all, I think Warner Brothers should have had some faith and actually went with this three-hour version. Even though it's three hours, and I get it, that's a risk. It's less screens, uh, less theaters. It feels exactly the same length as the two and a half hour version. It doesn't feel like three hours, which was very weird. I mean, they gave a there's a fucking three hour Hobbit movie, and you wouldn't, you know, risk this, take a chance on three of the most iconic that, superheroes in this history. Is a money thing. This is a money thing, dude. Every minute counts. A half hour here means another two showings a day. Three I, showings yeah, a day. Yeah. It cuts into it cuts in to the viewings, but uh, I don't know. I think they might have been able to make a little bit more money. With uh, repeat viewing. What if they just cut out the right stuff? Like that Batman scene that didn't need to be there. there and there's still, a, there's still a couple of scenes that can be cut there's out. Like a shit ton of stuff that you could cut out of that movie and still be – and make it better than it was. Absolutely. Uh, so all in all, I saw this article where people are apologizing to Zack Snyder after watching the Ultimate Cut. Get the fuck out yeah, of here. I'm going, oh, yeah, your, your, your boy Kevin Howden posted that on our right? community. Right? Like, there, I'll like, put that link in here. Stupid. Internet apologizes. Was, the funny, but the funny Ugh. thing about the link he posted is like it's like three guys on Twitter. So I'm like, oh, all right, dude. Like, <laughs> This is great. Cited three guys on. Twitter. <laughs> They're like, sorry, Zach. Sorry, I doubted you. Look, I am not gonna apologize to Zach Snyder because he still doesn't know what a fucking establishing shot is. That's a huge problem. You're a filmmaker. You should know. The action looks fucking great. What I am gonna do is, I, I feel the blame has to be shifted more to David S. Goyer specifically and the studio suits who told them to cut this thing up. And made it like if you haven't seen this movie, listener, if it didn't pique your fancy, but now you kind of want to see it. I recommend watching the ultimate cut and not even worrying right, about the theatrical this, cut. Yes. All right. What is your what is if you're on a scale of one to ten? BVS before you saw this was what six, and now it's oh, what seven after seeing seven. That's a seven. Wow, you are nuts. One point. I give it one you're, point. I'm not, I'm, well, the only reason I'm saying you're crazy is because you have been on the bandwagon of bashing this film, and you've basically said that you think this film is above average. Highly above average. Well, okay, yeah. maybe I'll... Mm. It's <laughs> Now you said what you said, fuck. Yeah, I mean... Stick to it. I said you, got, you gotta stick to it. I'm gonna stick yeah, to it. Yeah, don't be a dude. <laughs> wow. Six? Yeah. Six? Six? <laughs> look, look how he's squirming, though. He's squirming right now. <laughs> I, I I think I gave it an average above average in the review. I think I gave it a six. I think you might have given it like a five. Well, I don't I'll have to go back to the it. tape. But the way you talk about the film with us, maybe it's because you're around me and Rug Boy, but <laughs> you talk about it like it's a two. Which no, it is. Which, it, that, which is the, actually the accurate score. I'm sorry. It's a I would give it a four. And then I haven't seen this version yet, but maybe it'll get up to a five. This version was le- it was less infuriating. So either I, you know, it raises it a point, half a point, basically. Like I still That's think it. Lex Luthor is still out of character. Oh, absolutely, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, uh, the the Martha thing's still there, yeah. which that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that could have been a better scene if they would have just finessed it. The writing in the, in that scene is terrible because all you had to do is say something that you know. 
that made sense in that scene. <laughs> no, the, the word finessed it is is perfect. They could have finessed that, and they went it's they clunky went and all, all over the top. Oh, yeah, it's very yeah. heavy handed. But look, it's the I, I got to blame the writing and the fact that Goyer is not on Justice League. It's uh, makes me a little bit more hopeful. For if he gets a good script, maybe he can pull some fucking some cool shit off. Uh, Cosmo Fox says, "Open, nice, boring in the middle. Fights were awesome. It was confusing as hell. Wonder Woman was the best thing about the whole movie. Uh, that hint that Superman is coming back to life at the very end. If Superman can come back to life, why did Zod stay dead? That's a good point. Let me. Look, can I just say this? Yeah, because uh, there's our boy Kevin Heldon. I love you, Kevin. <laughs> we love but, Kevin uh, Heldon. But I mean, he's so wrong. It's unbelievable." Um, this movie. Everyone that like is like touting this movie is like, oh, you see, it is a good film. Mm-hmm. Like, which film is actually the good film, bro? Was it this film or was it the two and a half hour film? Because you were talking about the two and a half hour film. Yes. But now, ever since all this negative publicity came out, and the studio basically apologized for their film. Now you're gonna be like, no, wait, the three hour film. It, <laughs> it validates the two and a half hour film. No. Wait, pick a film that you want to be. <laughs> Parading as the great film, the trumpet as an awesome film, and stick with it. Don't go after, oh, you know, the three-hour version is really what validates this. If you would have seen this version, you would understand that the two-and-a-half-hour version is also good, bro. Get the fuck out of here. No, the theatrical cut is dog shit, and I, it would have been so interesting had this no, come out. No, it's not dog shit, Imran. You just gave it a six out of ten. It's dog shit. The six is dog shit. <laughs> I just think it's funny that Lois Lane, it doesn't matter, she takes the spear and throws it in the water, oh. then she has to go and get it. It makes no That's, sense. What a dumbass thing to do. That's the dumbest thing. What she, has to go, she has to go get it, and she almost drowns. Yeah. And then she drowns, and then, and then Superman, Superman goes, and then he almost drowns trying to get the fucking Superman, thing. Superman's carrying it out of the water, and he can't even move, and then somehow he flies and is able to stick it in. Like He should have no strength to do so. Like they're just all over the place with this fucking kryptonite spear. And I really uh, what was I wanted to watch. So the scene where they fight where, you know, you want him to just be like, uh, Lex has my mom. I need your help. This is how it goes down. You know, he comes down and Batman's like, I'm here. Superman says, look, you don't understand. Lex wants to. And then he gets hit with the sonic stuff. Okay, he takes that out. And then Batman comes up right to his face. And he goes, I understand. And instead of right there, Clark should just be shaking this off. Instead of him saying anything, Clark puts his hand up and pushes him all the way across the room. I was like, dude, what are you doing? You are Superman. These bullets should not even – they should tickle. He should have been trying to talk to him the whole time. The whole time. He's not listening to him. And then the bullets go off, and then he does it again. He throws him through a thing like you're being an ass. Yeah. Yeah, if – the scene should have been filmed if they really wanted to nail Superman's character. It should have been Superman is just like literally getting him off of him and trying to talk the entire time. And almost like Batman. like laughing it off because nothing is hurting him. It's just boy. He's like, look, just relax. Well, I mean, maybe not laughing. That's not his character. But like, just be like, dude, relax. Like, yes. let me talk. And yes. Batman should be like incessantly attacking him. Yeah. But instead, Superman goes from like wanting to talk to like being just a, a baby. Like they, right away. They, it's very immature. They handle he it like comes the bad guy. That Batman thinks he is in that yeah, moment yeah. where he pushes him. Yeah. Right. Right. That's yeah. what you didn't want to do. So, so look at this movie. Still, it's still garbage. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> like, I don't care if it makes more sense. It's garbage that makes more sense. You still have a terrible Lex Luthor. Yes. That doesn't act like Lex Luthor. Yes. You have 
all of this stuff. I'm like, plan C. I'm just going to create an alien being yeah. just in case yeah. my Superman plan doesn't work. No. It's like really stupid. Come on. Give me a break. No, it's uh, it's still a lot of things still don't make sense. But it was interesting to see but you, this. But you got it at seven, so maybe I'll, I'll watch. No, nah, I probably won't buy it. <laughs> That's my review, folks. Let us know what you think. Uh, let's move on to the next segment. Jock and nerd. Okay, we're gonna turn it over uh, to the jock for a preview of a really big UFC fight this weekend. What you number two hundred, Anthony? What's the storyline? What's going on? Lots of shit has been going on with this. Yeah, two hundred. It's it's not really their two hundredth show, but they, oh, it's not their two hundred. No, oh. they, they, it's like their three hundredth show. But they they've got these pay per views labeled wrong. That's a whole other thing. Yeah, it's a huge card. It. it I was kind of sad yesterday. This is what July seventh. Yes, it came out. So the main event was John Jones, Daniel Cormier too. Uh, it was a rematch. John Jones is probably the best pound for pound fighter in the world. Uh, he got basically removed from the fight card because oh. he tested positive for uh, for uh, some sort of illegal performance performance enhancing drug. So oh shit, really? Fucking this happened yesterday. Happened. Well, he got tested a month ago, but like it, the results came out today. So really big bummer. Really so big now, bummer. so the the whole card's off, or there's no replacement. No, 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 no. Well, they're looking for a replacement to fight Daniel Cormier. Daniel Cormier is the title holder. Yeah. So they might find someone to replace him. Um, but that was the fight, like that was actually legit. But they have Brock Lesnar on the card. I don't know if you guys have heard of Brock Lesnar. He's a Brock yeah, Lesnar. Well, yeah, from a, WWE. MMA to wrestling young. and back to MMA. Yeah, he's he, way past he, his prime, though. He's past his prime. So they got him. Him fighting Mark Hunt, who's a knockout artist. That's now the main event. Um, that that fight was probably going to be the one that drew all the casual fans anyway. Yeah. So for a casual fan, they're probably like whatever. But for like the hardcore fan, like that fight, the Brock Lesnar Mark Hunt fight is like what you'd call an MMA a freak show fight because it really doesn't mean anything. It's kind of just like you kind of it's like a train wreck. You're just watching to see what's going to happen. <laughs> Whereas the other fight was the legit right like this the skill fight yeah match between two guys that hate each other so you're Aren't they you, doing the uh the one from the tv show the finals from the tv show that, that's tomorrow and then the the coaches will fight for the women's title at 115 there's also misha tate who beat holly holm who yeah. beat ronda rousey she's on two ufc 200 defending defending her title jose aldo who got knocked out by conor mcgregor yeah. is fighting for a title so Ooh, lots it's of a title big card. fights yeah there's like uh, three. Well, there's two. Two scheduled now. There were supposed to be three. So back to you were telling me about uh, Brock Lesnar. It's been five years since he's fought five MMA. Years. Oh shit! And so five he's years. a he's a giant dude, and the other guy Mark Hunt is like you showed me his photo. He's kind of like this schlubby uh, his dude. He's a super Samoan, but he's got a a, a a mean punch. Apparently, right? Yeah, he's one so punch man. He ba- yeah, he basically is. So he's the type. Of, He's like, if you watch any of his fights, he's known for like the walk off knockout. Yeah, which is like basically he will punch someone in the face, and before they are even like the referees even stop the fight, he's already walking away with his. <laughs> oh shit! I, I, I knocked this fucker out. <laughs> I'm not gonna hit him anymore. He's done. Damn! And he's so, done it like three or four times. It's always pretty awesome. See that one? Cool. Yeah, that one looks interesting. I was like, it's kind of like the well, Hulk that, versus the Blob. Yeah, and it's like also like the the classic because Brock Lesnar is a wrestler. It's a classic like wrestler versus striker matchup because nah. Mark Hunt is basically a striker and Brock Lesnar is basically a wrestler. So, I, I for my prediction, I actually think Mark Hunt's going to knock Brock Lesnar out in that fight. 
Okay, so you think Mark Hunt's gonna take uh, the last? Who do you think, Ruggs? Are you excited for two hundred at all? Yeah, I'm voting for Mike Hunt. His, Mark Hunt's brother. <laughs> his brother, Mark Hunt's brother, Mike. Hey, yeah. where's Mike? Uh... <laughs> I think Mike Hunt is gonna take is gonna take it. Anyone that's a huge <laughs> UFC fan though is like so sad about the John Jones thing. Cause... Well, who could they put in that would be just as uh, satisfying? The rumor has it. There's three guys that they're talking about. Okay. The rumor, one of the strong rumors is Anderson Silva. Oh, who's a huge name as well. And that might be the only thing that's comparable. That would be the only thing that could kind of save. But, but it. The, the fucking thing is, is this fight is on Saturday, right? And I don't know where the hell Anderson Silva is, but his hometown is in fucking Brazil, so he's gonna have to like fly up if if he's not already in Vegas. Damn, well, listener! By the time you hear this, you'll have already known what happened we'll and know, yeah. what the you results are. Uh, who do you think is going to win the girl fight, the Tate fight? Uh, Misha Tate, I think, is going to win. I mean, Keeps it's a competitive fight. She's no. fighting Amanda Nunes, but Misha Tate is uh, she's tough. She's wow, Dana badass. White's got to be fucking shitting his pants then right now, huh? Oh, yeah, he was super sad. He, every, I mean, every, everyone's just it's just this just sucks. But what you didn't know, how how did he get caught? Didn't he know he was going to get caught? Why would he do? They they have this drug testing company called USADA that does uh, like Olympic level testing. Yeah, and they basically can test you whenever you want, wherever you are. So the test was random. Oh shit! But he's he's afforded like due process in this. So like he's having his B sample tested, and he'll probably go to. A, he, he's already adamantly denied that he he took anything. Do you know what it was? The drug, the exact thing. They haven't released that yet. Yeah. I mean, it's it's Thursday, July seventh, so we might know by. The weekend, but so it's not going to be like really weed or anything. It's going to be some kind of no, hormone yeah. or synthetic weed, steroid. Weed, and, technically weed and cocaine and all yeah. stuff. If you're doing it not inside of the fight week, yeah, fight week, it's actually okay. Oh, okay. You could be tested for that, and it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Except for yeah. Nate Diaz, who they kind of railroaded. Well, yeah. because he always he always gets tested for it, like while he's in the fight week. So they think that he's high during the fight. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So it's gotta be some kind of like steroid growth hormone thing. Yeah. It's gotta be something performance enhancing. My favorite thing about these drug tests is that they actually have like these guys that have to be like watching them as they pee. Yeah. Their dicks yeah. out. They have like, to watch their job. Yeah. But yeah. they sell, they sell prosthetic penises. You could put in your pants and whip out this flesh colored thing with a pouch and, a powdered urine that you mix with hot water, it becomes warm and it comes out like pee, dude. It's crazy, dude. They they've caught people though using like animal piss, like the oh, tests now. Or yeah, oh, yeah they they yeah. will catch you if you're using dude, raw. Why? That's pee. fucking. Listen, I only use grandma piss. <laughs> Granny's <laughs> peach tea. I only use Granny's peach tea brand yeah. urine. Just like Batman and Superman. Just- <laughs> it's still a really good card, and I'm excited, but right I'm not as excited as I was. A day or so ago. Wow. So this will be, I mean, this is a day after tomorrow. They don't have a lot of time to uh, put this together. So, Wowzers. But I mean, they'll, they'll, regardless if they get a fight for Cormier, they'll, they'll, they'll be fine. All right. Well, we'll, uh, listener, you'll know what has happened by the time this thing posts. But uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to see who wins the Brock Lesnar fight. I want, I want the Hulk to beat the blob. <laughs> Mark Hunt. Mark, where's your brother Mike? All right, look, let's get into some uh, recommendations and uh, some other stuff. I had a couple of things I wanted to share with the listener and with you guys. Uh, one being, I found this really uh, poignant, sad, awesome short film called Comic Book Heaven 
on Vimeo. Uh, it reminds me a lot of our episode 50 with uh, Variety Comics. It's about – it's a short documentary. tells the story of Joe Leisner, owner of a comic book store, Comic Book Heaven, located in Sunnyside, Queens, New York. Basically, this guy documented – this store has been around for 26 years and it's closing. It's going out of business. It's a lot like Variety Comics. This is a no-frills uh, storefront. Nothing but boxes of back issues. He barely has any posters. This guy is 81. He's been running this store. And it's, a, it's a really – it's kind of a – it's a, a well-done documentary. And it's kind of sad because it starts out – he mentions how he feels the big comic book companies drove – killed the back issue business by putting out new books, more new books. Uh, he mentions that like 10 years ago when he was 71, he could have bought more merchandise to diversify. But he's like, nah, I'm going to get out. I don't need to buy stuff. And he goes, 10 years later, I'm still here. His wife has died in the meantime. Uh, it's, and then uh, it's just really sad and it's really well done. Uh, it is directed by E.J. McLevy Fisher, director. Uh, it's doing the festival document right now. Uh, it's only 12 minutes long. And uh, it's again, it's uh, uh, it's documenting the last of a dying breed of stores, the old school comic book store. So it was neat watching it and thinking about variety that was there for forty one years and closed out. And this is just twenty six years. That's crazy, but right? yeah, that's the business, man. This really is the business. Like, there's more and more. Yeah. Of so check out Comic Book Heaven on Mail. Link in the show notes. Shockingnerd.com slash one thirteen. Uh, you guys got anything you want to share? Sure. What do you got? Rich? I got something. Okay. Well, in my state of uh, immobility and loose slackholeness. Oh, yeah. How's that go? How's uh, that I feel watched, right now? I started binge watching a show about uh, five or six episodes in. Okay. And uh, by the third episode, I was like, okay, I like this show. Okay. I'm watching it. All right. And the show is called Killjoys. Have you heard of the show? Killjoys? No, I have not. Okay. What a Killjoy is. It is a bounty hunter, an interstellar bounty hunter. All right. And basically it takes place in the future where humans have colonized planets outside of the rim of the, of our galaxy, or we've gone out, you know, outside of the Milky way or whatever. The cosmic rim job. Yes. So you're (laughs) out. It's, it's very reminiscent of firefly. Ah, Um, okay. But not, the big uh the big team it's like three people okay and uh the lead character is this woman and she's like a like a badass you know fucks people up and then Sean Ashmore is like kind of like her protege or her partner and Sean Ash not Sean Ashmore Aaron Ashmore there I guess is his twin brother the guy who played Iceman in oh, the X-Men movies yeah okay. And he's like the guy who owns the ship or flies the ship and fixes the ship. And then at some point they pick up his brother who's who's military and he adds more muscle to the team. And it's just about them going on bounties. And, uh, you know, you kind of get a little drips and drabs of the lore of of where they are and what what all the politics are between all these little this little uh, system of planets called the quad that they kind of roam around in. Okay. And it's 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 okay. It's not it's not great. I feel like it's going to get canceled after the second season. Well, it's, but for, I'm enjoying it now, it's, and it's, uh, it's filling my need. It feels like a WB show, but they say shit and and they curse a lot in it. Uh, so I'm. Uh, it's Canadian. It's a Canadian yes. show. 
Uh, it's got seven seven point one rating on IMDb. Where is this on Netflix? It, I don't know if it's on Netflix. I'm watching it on demand. Uh, oh, oh, on your uh, on your Comcast or your cable? Yeah, my cable. It says watch it on Amazon Video. I don't know what show is on, what channel this is on, but that sounds cool. Yeah. I might check it out. Yeah, it's not like the greatest show you ever watch, but it's on par with like Legends of Tomorrow, and it's you know decent, kind of, decent sci-fi. Yeah, decent. Okay. Good one. Anthony, what do you got? Uh, you always throw this on us and I have to scramble, <laughs> yeah. but it's fine. Uh, I like to keep you on your toesies. So we were talking about a terrible performance by Jesse Eisenberg, or maybe not a terrible performance. Actually, it was bad, I think. So <laughs> uh, anyways, um, but it was, the just movie wrong. That he was, it was just wrong choices. It was wrong. And I think it was wrong choices by his, his part. I think he acted differently throughout the movie. Yeah. He was a different person every time. Anyways, a movie he was good in. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of this movie, Adventureland. Uh, the uh, 2009. Kristen Stewart was in it before she got really pa- oh, famous. Oh, yeah, I remember that. The, he, Ryan he, Reynolds. They worked at a park. Yeah, it was about uh, them, uh, the summer of – it's uh, the synopsis is a summer of 87 where a college graduate takes a nowhere job at a local amusement park. And it's, it's just a uh, kind of like a coming-of-age sort of story, but it takes a weird fucking turn. Like Ryan Reynolds is not – the typical Ryan Reynolds in this movie. Um, it's about like romance and the eighties and, you know, f- figuring out yourself and figuring out where your place is in the world. After It's really good. I, I would highly recommend I remember, it. I watching it. I remember this. I never saw it, but I want to, cause I heard it was pretty good. And it looked good. 80s soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. I like the eighties setting. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. And it takes a, takes a turn that you don't really see coming. Hey, this for some reason this came into my head and I don't know if this is because Anthony is, is Asian or whatever. <laughs> Wait, he is? Oh shit. Uh, yeah, but I just no. thought of this movie that I never thought of before. <laughs> okay. And Go I ahead. wonder if you guys either of you saw it. You ever seen the movie Better Luck Tomorrow? Oh, with uh yeah, it's I've never seen it, but it, it actually is in the Fast and Furious like universe. What? Yeah. It is. It was yeah. one of these like kind of like high school or post high school movies about Justin kids, Lin. You know, it's a Justin Lin movie. Yeah, who get in over their head, and it's an all Asian cast. Or Sun both. Kang is in it, who, who later was in. Yeah. He plays the same guy in the Fast and Furious films. And I just, I haven't thought about that movie in years. It just popped into my head. I'm like, oh, you should check that is, out. Is it it's good? Pretty, it's okay. It's, it's not good. like a, it's a small budget movie. It's from okay. 2002. So wait, the guy plays the same character also? Same guy. Oh. Yeah, it's like technically better luck tomorrow. I, I should watch it because I've seen all the Fast and Furious films. Is part of that canon. That's cool. That's like a Quentin Tarantino yeah. world thing where he, yeah. you know, he's. Got I don't know why I thought of it, names. but he's sitting there talking about. I'm like, oh, I wonder if he ever saw this movie. And Justin Lin's blown up since obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Since then, better luck tomorrow. All right, good one. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this whole thing up with. Uh, I want to recommend that some of these DC Rebirth titles. They're kind of good, dude. This is very interesting. First of all, they've been slaying in the sales in the reorders. Uh, like Marvel, basically Civil War is the only thing that's can, selling. Can I for ask them. you a real quick question before yeah. you recommend them? Yeah. Or have they been like the ones that I have kind of read have all been like going back to the war of this like heroes or heroes and yes. nostalgia sort of thing? Is that the, the play they're doing with a, all of them? A little bit. A little bit. It's resetting to this hopeful uh superhero world. Fuck Alan Moore. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh what? shit. Well, you real, fucked it over. Let, me, let me start with the last issue of the new 52 Justice League. It ends, of course, issue 52, where, you know, Superman's dead. At the very end, Lex Luthor 
gets the cape and the and the, the shield and the S, and he's like, I'm Superman. And this isn't a play. This isn't a play to take over the world. He legitimately wants to fill in as the city's Superman, right? So that ends with Lex being Superman. We had the whole rebirth thing. In Batman right now, that's being written by Tom King, drawn by David Finch, uh, he's dealing with uh, a pair of new superpower people called Gotham and Gotham Girl. And they're like Superman. They can fly. They show up out of nowhere. Now, this Batman, though, instead of being suspicious of him, he's giving him a chance. He's like, I want you to see how this works. You know, I want you to see I need, I need help. He's actually reaching out to people and saying, I need help taking care of the city. Don't pull away. It's a very different, hopeful Batman, okay? That Batman's interesting. Here's where things get crazy. There's a new Superman rebirth, and that's written by Peter Tomasi, who we love. Great dialogue. There's also action comics that started to get in 957. This is where it gets funky, because the pre-New 52 Superman is now living here with his family. He's married to Lois Lane. They have a son named Jonathan. They are aware that they're not from this existence, that there was another Superman that died. Like, everybody knows that Superman was Clark Kent and that Superman died. It's really weird, right? So uh, Luthor shows up as Superman, and this Superman goes to confront him. And Luthor's like, what the fuck? You're not Superman. You're dead. The characterization of this is kind of interesting. This Superman is kind of suspicious and not trusting of everyone, whereas Luthor is now kind of the hopeful do-gooder and has no dirt on him. It's really weird. But during all this, fucking Clark Kent shows up. What do you mean? Another? A third? Yes! Guy? Yes! There's the, uh, during I'm all out. this. I'm already out. So I there's out. Lex. I'm almost out look, with Superman being Lex Luthor. It gets fucking weird. So you got Lex Luthor here dressed up as Superman. You got Superman here who's older. And Lex is like, you're different. You're, you're, you're older. You got to distinguish who. So this is pre Pre new 52 Superman who is not the he's, dick. He's the older one. Yes. And the, then the dick shows up again? I, I don't know who this Clark Kent is, but. Clark Kent then shows up, and I'm like, what the shit is going on? All right. And the dick is, for the new listener, the new 52 Superman, right? Yes. That's who he was. He might be dead. We don't know who this new Clark Kent is. Yeah, that was what? weird. What? Another Clark Kent? <coughs> Damn it. Yeah. Another. So there's still two Clark Kents. But meanwhile, over well, what just came out that was interesting was Justice League Rebirth, number one. We have a new Justice League okay. team. Okay. Here, first of all, here is the members of the Justice League. Familiar? You got Batman, Superman, Cyborg, Flash, Aquaman, Wonder Woman. Joining them in this official Justice League team, Jessica Cruz, Green Lantern, Simon Baz, the Muslim Green Lantern. So you got the Muslim and the Hispanic. Yep. Woman. So there's actually eight members on this team. Uh, the first issue of Rebirth, it's interesting. It's kind of a throwback to, you know, remember the first issue of Justice League, the very original issue where they're fighting that they kind fight of the, 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 star the giant starfish. Yeah. Yeah. This, this starts off right in battle. There's a giant bug crustacean alien hovering over the city, and there's these face huggers and everybody that are controlling the people and making them do things. So, and basically, there's no Superman. It's the rest of the Justice League. They cannot stop this thing. Meanwhile, Superman's at home watching this on TV, and he's like, uh, what should I do? Him and Lois are having a conversation. Should I go? I'm not this one Superman. I'm a Superman. Uh, you know, uh, and so he ends up showing up. He just shows up and he's like, focus all your blasts here. Kill it. And they kill it. And everyone's freaked out. They're like, who are you? And it ends with like a splash page of them flying off. It's, it's, a, very, it's a very light introduction. 
But here's what's interesting. So there's this there is this big alien fighting in this issue. In the Superman issue, which is great because he takes his son Jonathan along. He's like, look, come with me. I want to show you how to kind of how to be Superman. They're taking care of this tanker, and there's another big alien squid thing. Now, we know that this rebirth, Dr. Manhattan has changed things. Batman found the comedian, the watchman are in this universe. And I'm like, where are, how's this going to work in? It's very interesting that both these books have a giant alien similar to the end of Watchmen. Ah, okay. I see where you're going with this. Be- because there's also a mysterious character in these books that they reference called Dr. Oz. Now, oh, well, we know who that is. Yes. Obviously, yeah. if you read Watchmen, this is Ozymandias. So is the struggle going to be Ozymandias sending because at the end of Justice League Rebirth, they call them Reapers, and, and Aquaman can actually read his mind. The one flies away. They warn it. They're like, look, we're Justice League. We protect this planet. And the Reaper's like, this is just the beginning. There's going to be more. If Manhattan is trying to alter reality, is this Ozymandias, this is counter, by sending these aliens to unite everyone to fight Manhattan's reality or something. I don't know. I just think the tie you know, you know, you're you know you're asking two guys that haven't read any of this, right? <laughs> I'm just like, this is, I think it's very interesting that this is how they're kind of incorporating some of the Watchmen stuff, which is what I really wanted to know. It's like, are we going to see these characters? Uh, well, you're definitely going to see them. But I would, I, I recommend, uh, it's a good starting point for a lot of readers now. You got a lot of number ones, uh, everything Flash, Superman, Batman. Pick up a couple of the first couple issues. It's not bad. The next one that hasn't come out that I'm really looking forward to is All-Star Batman, Scott Snyder, John Romita Jr. drawing Batman. Well, he's also drawing that that Dark Knight thing. It's a a story about how uh, Robin and the Joker. Yes, I have that. That's uh, The Last Crusade. Yeah. It takes place 10 years before Dark Knight Returns. It's basically the story of why Batman quit. Yeah. When he references that universe's Jason Todd being killed by the Joker, this is that story. It's not bad. It felt weird. It didn't feel like a one shot. It's got a weird ending because you think there's going to be another issue. It's a one shot. It's a one off. Here's a story 10 years before. Really? I thought that there was uh, more. I don't think it's ongoing. I think it's a one off. Now, he draws the Joker a lot like Frank Miller draws him in Dark Knight. So it's kind of a nice connection to the art. And that one's not bad. I was expecting more. Oh, I thought that was going to be another issue. You see Joker being – I don't think – I think it's just – I think it's a one-off. If – I'll just say this. I haven't read any of those books. They sound – some of them sound interesting. Some of them sound super confusing. Maybe it's just the way you're explaining it. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, but if they were to have continued the rebirth, that DC Universe rebirth, I want to just know how they're incorporating the Watchmen. Yes. And what, what Jeff Johns' meta commentary, how it would have continued on it. So if they would have continued that series, I would have bought it. But the fact that they're like spreading it out all over all these books make it super confusing. And it's not – that's the thing. It's not a series. That DC Universe Rebirth, number one, that's it. It's just an, that I, don't, it. I don't think there's going to be – That sucks. I wish it was – I don't know. That's the setup it. though for all of these books because in The Flash, they keep going back to the Wally West, the whole incident, what happened. I really don't think it really helped me set up anything. It, it just <laughs> – it just they didn't need to do that. It really didn't. What that the Flash came in and then he hugged his, the other Flash, and now the whole world is different. Or well, and, now they're starting to remember that things were different, or that it's it's weird. It's very vague, even within the characters. Yeah, it's it doesn't make any. Bruce sense. is just like something feels off, something's wrong. I can't put my finger on it. Do you have any idea what Jeff Johns is currently writing? He's not writing anything. That that rebirth is the last thing he's going to write for a while. He's focusing really? his attentions on the movies and the TV shows. Yes. 
Well, my my instant reaction is, what an asshole! Because he <laughs> he he did like all this super like crazy meta commentary about blaming Alan Moore, and then kind of just ditched it. Yo, he dropped the comic book mic on us and just he dropped the left. mic and was like, "All right, see ya. You guys figure else, this out. Figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. He's like, I'm gonna fuck this up and I'm out." You guys got to deal with this. I'm yeah. going to blame everything on the 80s, and then I'm going to say bye-bye. Last week, Bellotti was like, uh, you know, I hated the dick characters of the New 52, and the, the, these books are bringing back the old legacy hopeful. hopeful kind of stuff, and it's kind of working. Really, the relationship, like, you know uh, how Tomasi wrote Batman and Damian Wayne and Batman and Robin, that wonderful father-son dialogue of, of people? The relationship that Clark has with his son is really good, and Tomasi is writing equally Great dialogue that you could just imagine Superman would have with his son, who also has powers. I'll yeah. just say this, though. You say it's working. I, I'll say that the counter would be... It's working in sales. It's working in sales because these are all number ones, yeah. right? Yeah. We'll see. I mean, good writing is gonna, what's going to see we'll if We'll see if it can work. sustain, yes. The new 52 did great to start, and then they had to reboot five years later. Yeah, so. I mean, they had a... Yeah, and that was a weird start. It's just, it's a it's very convoluted. But this this Clark Kent coming back thing, I was like, what the shit is going on now? So nah, um, the, the Superman stuff sounds so convoluted. Hey, I can't even even. What is it? That's <laughs> the main character. That's the main character. That's a flagship character. You know though, but Grant Morrison's like, like a, New Fifty Two Superman run was equally as confusing. Oh, that one sucked. <laughs> I actually thought his New Fifty Two. I guarantee. Run. Now this is this is just hubris. Yeah, and maybe. Dan Slott would like to take me on on this. But <laughs> oh I guarantee you, the three of us could sit around and in one weekend come up with a better concept for DC and re-steer it in the right direction than any of these fucking guys right now. But they're doing they're, the same they're thing. They're, they're, they've they're, completely lost touch with the fans and what they need to what they need to do. They're re- they're Sorry. restructuring to match their movies. That's all they want to do right well, now. Well, it's not only that, but I think they're. They're trying to listen to fans that were like, "It's we want the old characters back. We want the we want we at least want the history back." Yes, but but DC's history is so fucked up <laughs> that it it's, it's, it makes things more convoluted when you try to explain all the the fucked up history. You're like, which history? Right. Like, so if you were gonna reset, if you were gonna reset the DC universe, how would you do it? I don't know. How do you look? Here's the thing. How do you do it without angering longtime readers and by being inclusive to new readers? It's almost it, that's really hard. I, I feel this rebirth is an effort to like. I would. I, I please would the longtime this. readers again. If you're going to have Doctor Manhattan show up, yes. All right, and he could be observing what's going on in the DC universe and say, "This is all wrong. This is all wrong." Right, and he could kind of say, like, "I'm going to bring every the essence of. I'm going to try and and, and mold the world into a better place and, and remold the universe as I see it." And then you do just boom, and he, he basically hey, it's his editing out as the god of this DC universe, editing out all the bullshit that doesn't work and just sticking with what worked. It's kind of like what and the that, Molecule Man uh, did uh, in the Secret Wars. It's just like I'm gonna put all this stuff back together in a way that uh, it should. Exactly. Be. Well, I think the their last thing I have to say is I think I've said this on the show before, but Watchmen is literally their last bullet. Like this is the last, like the last thing that hasn't really been touched by DC, other than maybe like a DC Marvel merger or something like that. Like. This is the last thing that they can bring in that's going to draw attention to DC and make people talk. You know, yeah, had they kind of had to use the Manhattan to to to, uh, 
to facilitate this? Like, what else were you going to do? It was the last thing. I was literally like, they were looking through their catalog of what they could use. Right? It was like, we haven't touched Watchmen yet. Let's put that into DC. Oh my God, I forgot about Watchmen. Like, it, it, it got me to buy the DC Universe number one. Right? The Rebirth, so, yeah. I don't know. Or the, yeah, whatever. The rebirth. number ones are interesting. It, it's, if it sustains, that's what is yet to be seen. We'll see. Uh, okay, guys, I just got a little bit of listener feedback, and we're going to wrap it up. Uh, shout out to Chris Williams for wearing our shirt out. He posted uh, on our Facebook group, uh, representing, which is awesome. Uh, and if you want to be cool like him... Just visit jackanerd.com slash shop. Get yourself a t-shirt or something. Look, Rugboy has a tank. little ringer tee, a tank top, a hoodie. You can get a mug. It's lots of fun. Thank you, Chris Williams. Uh, David Bohofsky tweeted us today. I love this. He says, at really, Rugboy, I think I've been listening to too much Jock and Nerdcast. I can now only think the word lame in your voice. Lame. I love that. That, yeah. that means our world domination has begun. Uh, and remember last week we mentioned uh, David Zika. We thought it was David Zika who... Uh, Pledge to our Patreon, support of the show. Well, it was, David. Geek Boner. The very only David Zika. He says, hey, guys. Yes, it's me. Thanks for the shout out. Glad to donate to the show. Thank wow. you, Zika. Look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pimp his stuff. Check out this will be a link in the show notes. But it's stores.ebay.com/slash Zika's Viral Comics. He sells uh, old Silver Age, Golden Age, uh, old comic books, and he's got an amazing seller rating. He's been doing this for a while. He's a solid seller on eBay. I have a link in the show notes. And look, he knows his comics. Yeah, he knows. He really does knows his comics. He's Not got, his movies, just comics. <laughs> he's got <laughs> a lot of rare, weird, like obscure titles. So if you're looking for something, check out that store. And uh, I just I want to bring this up because listener, if you like what you hear, you want to support us. You got some change laying around after you visit Zika's Viral Comics on eBay's. So you should consider supporting us on our little tip jar. Uh, it's called Patreon. Jockanerd.com slash Patreon. And if you do, we'll plug your shit. You got some shit? You got a business? We'll do it just what we did for David Zika. You support the show. You become one of our favorite listeners. Along we'll plug with your all shit. the other rewards you get for all the d- different denom- denominations you can donate for. There's tons of bonus content. Uh, at the first reward. So also, Anthony, I think we should do some exclusive Patreon episodes. Uh, Andrew Gildy, our buddy Andrew Gildy has uh, volunteered. He's like, he'll come out and do some Patreon stuff just for Patreon. Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe like I'll a short, one. like, yeah, maybe like a short half hour or something like that. That's the power. We can just shoot the shit. Yeah, it could, that's the, yeah, that's the beauty is it could be anything and that's it's true. bonus content. So it, it doesn't have to have a topic. No, no, it's, yeah. uh, it'll, it, but whatever it will be, it will be entertaining and, uh, it'll be enjoyable. Like, I want to talk about Hasidic Iron Man. Hasidic Iron Rabbi. Yeah, we can, yeah. we can write the screenplay for Iron Rabbi. I like that. Look, thank you to everybody who supports us on Patreon. Thank you to Zika's Vial Comics, Jim McPike, Jesse Looney. A place to hang your cape and Philip Milan. We appreciate the support. Uh, thank you to Jordan of the Pies for uh, working the fourth box. Uh, Cosmo Fox says we're saving the world from ham. Iron Rabbi saving the world from ham. Oh, if it's not kosher, Iron Rabbi will take it out. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Rugs, where can what? the people find you? Before I tell them that they can find me at Really Rugboy on Twitter, Boom. I want to just say this. Yeah. Okay. Uh-oh. Yeah. Listen. There's, we get thousands of downloads. Thousands. And Imran showed me the Facebook group. It is 27 members. <laughs> what the fuck oh, is wrong shit. with you people? Oh, he's, so you do he's, he's calling you out, listener. Pay attention. Yeah, come on, guys. 
Give us a uh, fucking break. Let's it get is a going. It is a bit confusing though with the page and the community. Like if I if I'm not an avid Facebook guy, sure. So we have a check page. the website. There's a link. We have a community. Hey, is, the community is more for discussion. The page is more for us to post. I don't even know what the difference is, to be honest with you. Here's what you do. And I use it. This all. This is all you got to do. <laughs> Listener, just go. If you're on Facebook, just go to jockandnerd.com slash community. It takes you to our Facebook group. You can add yourself. It's all open. Add yourself. Basically, it, the conversation goes on on our Facebook group. And then we also uh, – uh, is a good – Good explanation. Yeah, and the listeners, really, you guys, I got to thank everybody for posting on the group. You're helping me out, getting topics for the show. So the conversation starts there, comes here, goes back there. Keep the conversation going, jockandnerd.com slash community. Jordan says, pages for you guys to post. Community is for everyone. Yeah, come on. There's thousands of you downloading this stuff and, and listening to this, and there's 25 of you showing up. Come on, guys. It's the you same, just- and like we, we'll get to know you. And uh, you'll get to uh, like our listeners are interacting with each other. It's lots of fun. Good call to action, Rogs. Uh, Anthony yeah, insult, wants to insult the fans. <laughs> get on that, you fucks. Anthony wants to finish up the call to action real quick. Uh, if you want to contact us, there's a million ways to contact us. Just go to jockandnerd.com/contact. And then the last thing you can do besides donating, buying our fucking merch, contacting us, go on onto our Facebook community. Um, well, this is the second to last thing you can do <laughs> is go on to jockandnerd.com slash review. Give us an awesome rating and a nice review that helps the show. And lastly, you could just whisper in someone's ear something stupid like jockandnerd. There, there you go. go. Just like that. That's little, like that. Maybe little jock and nerd pillow talk. Little pillow talk. Sexual voice. Yeah, then lick their ear at <laughs> And then yeah. gently, you know what's weird? When you touch someone's earlobe and then you go, jockandnerd. It's very weird. They'll never forget that. They might be traumatized, but they'll never forget that. Listen, basically spread the show. We need your help. Grow this empire of stupidity. Turn people on. Look, we love you guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for listening. This is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name is Anthony. He's the jock. And he's the nerd. And we'll catch you next time. Yeah, we did it. Ow. Wowie zowie! Maybe it's the humidity.